You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 134. I've been talking about doing this for a while. We are slowly going to roll out the odd PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Wii game, Wii episode. Uh, And I figured a great place to start would be one of those games that everybody knows. Even if you haven't played it, you've heard of it. Mark McHugh gave me a call last week. You may remember him as a former Remember the Game Hall of Famer. And we had a nice, beefy chat about the iconic Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. And that is the focus of the show this week. Now, a couple quick notes here before we get into everything else. In regards to Skyrim, there are some spoilers... But that game is so big that you couldn't possibly spoil everything if you tried. And we honestly spend just as much time 
talking about kind of the future of Elder Scrolls, what they can do, the impact Skyrim has had on gaming, stuff like that. We don't completely just mow down on the story the whole time or anything like that because we've played it two very different ways. We have two very different experiences in it. I was a little intimidated to talk Skyrim because I know how important this game is. I know how big this game is. But I was like, you know what? If we're going to shift into the Xbox 360 PS3 era, fuck that. We aren't starting with one of the loser games. We are going to go right into the deep end. Go big or go home. We're going to talk Skyrim. So this episode is a little bit different from some other uh, Remember the Games, but you got to try new things, man. You can't just have Cap'n Crunch every morning or you'll never experience Lucky Charms. And also the roof of your mouth would be cut beyond repair. So we can't do that. Uh, And in regards of just covering PS3, Xbox 360 games on a retro gaming podcast just as a whole... I know this is a divisive to- uh, situation and topic. We've run two separate polls at two different times asking people if they want games from that era on the show. And both polls were almost exactly 50-50 split. So I made the, ex- the executive decision. Don't expect every week to be a game from this era. I just plan to roll the odd one out moving forward. And uh, honestly, I've had several listeners point out to me that they're they're younger and to them the playstation 3 xbox 360 was their nes or their snes or their sega genesis and i can understand that you guys skyrim came out in 2012 so a kid could have played it when he was eight years old she was nine years old and now they're 20 21 years old so it makes sense right i hope that made some of you feel as old and tired as i do all the time and speaking of old and tired it's another dumb segue to lead into the Remember the Game infamous intro. And as always, timestamps can be found in the description box. You can jump around to whatever you like if you don't want to listen to the intro, or you don't want to listen to parts of the intro, or you don't want to listen to whatever. It's all right there. The intro to this show is like the veggies beside your steak so just eat around the veggies if you don't want them i'm not your mom i don't give a fuck what you eat uh i do actually have a couple of things i need to address about remember the game this week though so if you're not going to eat your veggies you should at least listen to them just listen to the whole thing this is going to be a long episode i'm just going to get out of the way right now i think our skyrim chat was an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes and i'm going to ramble for a bit first uh one thing that i wanted to address is i've been getting messages from from people on patreon on social media i've gotten some emails uh, asking how they could come on the show, how they could be the guest on the show. And I just want to quickly touch on that. In the early days of Remember the Game, I used to say, hey, if you want to come on the show, message me. Admittedly, I said that when I thought the only people listening to the show would be my friends. I, <laughs> I didn't think anyone else would listen to Remember the Game. So I, I, I just, I sincerely, and I mean that, I sincerely appreciate all the offers. I really do. I've got a pretty big list of regular guests that I bring on the show now. And it's mostly people that I know, that I have chemistry with, that I know are comfortable behind a microphone, that have my phone number. Um, I can't just let everyone on the show anymore because I get more requests than I have shows that I could put you on. And I don't even know how I would pick who would come on or anything. So as of now, I'm not really looking for more guests. I, I apologize. I appreciate all the offers. It's incredibly humbling to know that people would like to come on your show. Thank you. Uh, but again, I just, I don't know how I would ever choose who gets to come on and who doesn't. I can't keep up as it is. We used to have a $250 Patreon tier where you would pay it one time only. You would pick the game and you would be my guest. Almost like a, 
for lack of a better term, like a fantasy cab camp for remember the game. Uh, but I've erased that because it was kind of a joke when I set it up and I don't want to take $250 from anybody. I'm not worth 250 bucks. And I would hate to see someone sign up and I just, I wouldn't feel right. If you did sign up for it, I'd feel bad taking your money. So, uh, we're going back to just the $2, the $5 tiers. The $250 one is gone. When you sign up at either of those tiers, you can send in comments and stuff to get read. That is your best bet to get on the show. And then I can keep it fair for everyone. And maybe hopefully, Thank you for supporting us on Patreon, like over 170 of you are right now, because it's only $2 a month, and I know I do this plug every week, okay, I get it, but I'm trying to change it up a little every week, so it's not boring, and like, fuck, it's really important, this is my job now, you guys, if I have to go out, and I'm not saying, hey, sign up to save me from getting a job, but like, if I go get a day job, I do not have time to do these podcasts, not nearly as much as I am, this is my job now, so if you like what I do, you get crazy value, for your $2, all right? And and it's the beginning of the month, which is the best time to sign up because you won't get charged again until March 1st. Our Patreon poll runs at the beginning of every month as well. It's running right now. You can vote to help pick a game we cover on the show. This month, the nominees are Star Fox 64, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, Spyro 2, Ripto's Revenge, Wario Land, which is Super Mario Land 3, Sonic CD, and Golden Axe. So you can vote on that on Patreon. You also get access to our ultra fun Discord service. It's really nice. You get a shout out here on the show. You can submit comments and questions that will get read on the show. And of course, you get extra podcasts. You get early access to my gaming news show, Game Patch. Instead of waiting until Monday, you'll get it on Friday. And you'll get exclusive access access to expansion pass which really is the crown jewel of the remember the game lineup in my opinion i work so much harder on that show than i do on any of the other ones there's over 60 old episodes waiting for you right now there's game reviews there's ranking lists comedy episodes like the legendary confessions podcast so much more last week we talked about the worst enemies in gaming and it was actually really fun in fact i'm gonna let you hear a sneak preview of it right now okay this is a clip from our worst enemies episode of Expansion Pass that went live last Sunday. But fuck that yellow car. I hate all yellow cars in general now because of the one in RC Pro-Am. I totally get on board with that. Uh, Oh, you know who else I hate from the NES? Just while we're talking about the NES, uh, that fucking son from Super Mario Brothers 3 with his stupid fucking face he just looks so angry and it looks like he's got a pair of balls hanging between his eyes look him up you'll see he just spins in the air fucking taunting you and then he just comes sweeping into the bottom of the screen you all know exactly who i'm talking about every single one of you knows who i'm talking about the only reasonable thing about that fucking son is that he's killable if you've either got a star or if you hit him with a shell or something like that but he is the fucking worst i hate that son i don't think there's a worse enemy in Super Mario Brothers 3 than this. Maybe the giant cheap cheap that eats you. Maybe that maybe. There's a few levels where like the platforms are going up and down into the into the water and that fucking giant fish is jumping out of the water trying to eat you. He's pretty cheap too. That episode was so much fun. It was really, really fun. Uh, this Sunday's expansion pass is going to be 100% dedicated to Cyber Shadow, which is the new Ninja Gaiden-inspired indie game that is available on all consoles now and Game Pass. 
Uh, my reviews are always completely spoiler-free. I do tack some spoilers on at the end. They're very easy to avoid, I warn you. So that'll be coming this Sunday. And again, two bucks, mountains of value, and you help keep me on the air, okay? And a huge thank you to our newest Patreons, JB Retromania, Ferdy Martinez, and Brian Robbins. Thank you so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash rememberthegame. Uh, oh, one other thing. This week, I asked our the Patreons if you wanted to remember the game episodes added to the Patreon feed. Because when you sign up for our Patreon, Patreon, you get a special podcast feed uh, like address that has every expansion pass episode on it, every game pass or game patch episode on it. And I thought maybe if I added remember the game to that feed, you would have every podcast on one feed, one stop shop, easy peasy. But I ran a poll, and more of you don't want remember the game added to that feed. Because adding 134 episodes to it would really clutter it up. So we are going to leave it the way it is for now. So thank you all for your feedback. Your feedback matters, okay? At the end of the day, I have to put my big boy pants on and make the decisions around here. But I always want to hear from you guys. So never hesitate to voice your opinions, your suggestions, your your criticisms, whatever. I'm always interested in them, okay? Uh, quickly, we have a P.O. box. You can find the full address at our website. I'm not even going to say it here because you're going to go look it up if you need it. Uh, but I have a website. If you send me a postcard, or pardon me, I have a P.O. box on our website, rememberthegamepodcast.com. If you send me a postcard or a letter or whatever, I'll send you a Remember the Game postcard back. We'll be pen pals. I love getting shit from all around the world. So please, if you want, I'll send you one back. It'll be fun. And then finally, as I always plug, I stream on Twitch on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Sundays. This Sunday, there will not be a stream because it's Super Bowl Sunday. And your boy has to eat and watch sports. That's my plan. And I actually think we're going to move the Sunday streams till the afternoon beginning the Sunday after the Super Bowl. We had a lot of hot dogs from the other side of the pond pop by this past Sunday afternoon because I streamed in the afternoon instead of the evening. And it was a lot of fun. It was great getting to meet some of you. Uh, So I'll let you guys know next week what the plan is there. But expect that Sunday streams will move to the afternoon. Moving forward, just look for Member the Game on twitch not remember the game member the game follow me it's free you'll know when i'm on and you can come by and make fun of me while i suck at video games and all that kind of stuff uh and that's enough blowing myself let's blow in some cartridges it is our opening segment here on the show i read a few comments and questions from our patreons usually gaming related but not always and we call it blowing in the cartridge and we are getting more and more and more submissions for this nowadays like when we get three or four submissions i just read them all but we have i think 14 submissions this week i can't read all of them so if you don't get on this week keep submitting to them okay i I keep track of who i read and if you're generous enough to give me two dollars for my podcast bet your ass i will get you on the show sooner than later i see some new names this week which is fucking awesome and i also try to reply to the comments that i don't read so you will see them in the blowing in the cartridge segment i'm at least going to reply and let you know what i think about what you had to say uh let's blow and i wanted to start this one off by following up on something that we talked about last week the uh, the honest pokemon trainer wrote in and mentioned that a lot of game stores are putting cyberpunk 2077 in their hot sellers slash best game sections despite knowing that it doesn't work that well and i agreed with him calling them out on it i said i hate it it's very shady and i don't like it white burrow wrote in in a reply to that and part, I'm not going to read his whole thing because he really lit up. He shit on GameStop like I shit on Uline. It was actually awesome. But White Burrow wrote in and said, uh, Hey man, wanted to let you know something regarding GameStop and EB Games having Cyberpunk in the bestseller section question. 
I like that bestseller section question. Uh, I worked at EB for three years and those front spots are paid for by companies. Same with the bestseller section. So even if it's a huge pile of trash, they are contractually obligated to have it there for a certain amount of time. And second, if they ever saw someone come to the counter and an employee suggested in any way, shape or form for them to deviate from making a purchase, the managers would lose their fucking minds. So... Uh, thanks for writing that in, Burl. That's interesting. Regarding management losing their shit, if you told someone not to buy something, I thought that might be the case, and that really sucks. Uh, it, I would not fault an employee of a GameStop for not telling a customer, hey, maybe you don't want to buy Cyberpunk. It doesn't work. I know it doesn't affect their uh, paycheck, but getting fired would, and they need their job. I understand that. That said, that to me, that fault falls on GameStop, not on that employee. But I actually didn't know that companies bought the premium shelf space in gaming stores and i used to work in retail and companies would pay extra to make sure they got like the end cap in an aisle which is like you know there's the main aisle and then you turn to go down each individual aisle but there's that spot right at the end of each individual aisle that faces out into the main aisle kind of on the side of the aisle like companies pay extra for that primo real estate so i guess i should have thought of the fact that game developers probably pay to have their game front and center in gamestop and stuff so that makes sense it fucking sucks but it makes sense. I can like I can live with paying for the premium shelf space, but to pay to have your game labeled hot or employee choice or something, that's bullshit. I fucking guys, I hate that. Thank you for sharing that, Whiteboro. I hope everybody learned something there. I did. That's interesting. He it was a way more. GameStop fucking sucks. But that was an interesting take. Uh Parzival, Par I hope I said that right. Parzival. Uh, wrote in and said, greetings, Mr. Blank. If you got sucked into a game like the movie Tron for like a month, would you rather be stuck inside GTA 5 online or Conker's Bad Fur Day? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I mean, oof. Uh, now I've never played GTA online. That said, I hate bees and wasps and Conker's Bad full Fur Day is full of them. Big ones. Plus, if I control like Conker does in Conker's Bad Fur Day, I'll probably get myself killed walking off a cliff or drowning or something. Oh, dude, plus half the world is made of shit. Literal shit. I don't want to live there. I'll, I'll say GTA Online by default, and then I'll just hide somewhere for a month and hope that nobody finds me. That's where I would... Oof. Those both sound awful. Thanks, Parzival, for giving fucking nightmares tonight. Uh, Kelly wrote in. And Kelly said, so I've obviously spent a lot of time playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I've always watched videos telling stories about how people just like me have gone pro. And that's where I want to be in the future. But my problem is that Smash is like really heckin' hard. And I feel like I've stopped getting better at all. I find myself raging more and just getting all around angrier. This can rub off on the other games that I play. I know you don't play Smash as much as I do, but what do you think the best move for me is? Hmm. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, Kelly, like I've never even thought of attempting to try to go pro at a video game, but I also don't think I've ever been good enough at a video game to consider going pro. But what I would say is, is don't quit for sure. I mean, stand up comedy is all I can relate this to, but like when you're doing, dude, when you're learning how to be a pro comic and you're cutting your teeth, it sucks. You bomb all the time and if you're not familiar with stand-up comedy lingo bombing is when you go up there and tell jokes and nobody laughs and you look like an asshole and then you drive home and you feel like shit it's awful but you gotta stick with it you gotta power through you learn more from the bombing than from doing well okay i would suggest finding another game 
that's just your go-to as a distraction, something really chill. Maybe set a certain amount of time each day just for Smash Bros, like an hour or whatever you want to do. And if you're doing well, stick with it. If you're if you're enjoying yourself, play for two, three hours if you want to. But if you're getting frustrated, finish your hour and then just turn it off and go play something more laid back. And Kelly, just remember, you learn more from losing than you do from winning. And I know that's just a boring sports cliche, but it's totally true. And again, all I can relate this to is stand-up, but like... When you're a comedian and you're on stage doing well, you don't get any better. It's fun, but you don't get any better. You don't level up, right? When you bomb, that's when you learn. So the same as with Smash. When you get your ass kicked, that's when you get better. You got to play against people that are better than you. If all you were doing was feeding everyone their lunch every time you played, you'd never get any better. This is why RPGs give way more experience for winning a hard fight than for winning an easy one. So when you're losing... You're getting better. Look at it that way. Look at it to figure out why you lost. Be like, why? Okay, Ganon just fed me my lunch for 45 minutes. What is it about Ganon's attacks that I'm feeding into him that he can beat me with, right? And if you set a time, like an hour, then you won't get too mad if you're losing, hopefully, because you're just in the gym. You're getting your reps in. You look at the clock. You're like, I got 20 more minutes of this. Then I'll just walk away. That's that's what I would say. Find a, something, you know, dedicate some time. When you're done, you're done. Turn it off and go do something fun. That's that's my suggestion. Good luck, Kelly. Good luck. Uh, Rex Sheldon wrote in and said, okay, so this has been on my mind a lot lately and I figure this is the perfect place to bring it up. I've been reading the original run of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics for the first time and realized how long it's been since we had a great Ninja Turtles game. What we need in this day and age is a current gen action adventure TMNT game built and based on the Batman Arkham engine and game design. Imagine being able to switch turtles on the fly or having control of one turtle while the AI controls the rest and battles flow like an Arkham game, but with the added effect of teamwork between the turtles grounded in the style of the original comic book. So it's original dark or so it's a bit darker and you've got a serious winner. As long as it's developed by a reliable company like Rocksteady, Sucker Punch, Insomniac, etc. I would love a solid TMNT game in this day and age. Somebody make it happen. Rex, you were, we're on the same wavelength, my man. And not to half-ass your answer, I actually would like to do a future episode of Expansion Pass where I just talk Ninja Turtles and an idea for a Ninja Turtles game and other people's ideas and what I would do because I have been beating this fucking drum for years. We have not gotten a good Ninja Turtles game in forever. And I want, like, give us an RPG or like you said, an open world Arkham style, Metroidvania style game. One or the, both would be perfect. I don't get why we don't have this. I assume... Part of it is they don't want to make a complicated Ninja Turtles game and risk ostracizing all the kids out there in the youth market, but fuck those kids. Give us a new Ninja Turtles game. Most of us, anyone my age, I'm 37, anyone from my era grew up with the original Ninja Turtles on the NES, and that game was harder than balls, and we turned out fine. So fuck those kids. Give us a hard game, all right? The kids can play the baby games. I want a good Turtles game, but I would like to do an episode all about that down the road, Rex. I agree with you a million percent couple more here. Ryan Kinchin. Ryan Kinchin wrote in and said, I think it's a pipe dream at this point, but every Nintendo Direct, I cross my fingers for the announcement of achievement slash trophy support. The PS3 didn't do this when it launched, but after seeing the popularity of achievements on Xbox, Sony soon followed. When do you see Nintendo joining, if at all, the achievement club? And do you think that it would possibly help sales? Ryan 
Man, I wish. Ah, oh, God. I don't know if a Nintendo version of trophies would help their sales at all, but I would love it. I would, fuck, I would love it. I mentioned it on Twitch the other day. Mario 3D World had like a sticker book or something and you unlocked stickers as you achieve things and that'd be the perfect Nintendo achievement program, like a stamp book or a sticker book or something when you could display all the stamps that you've earned and people could see them and imagine if they went back and added stamps and shit to all the NES and SNES games. It's, oh, Oh, no joke. I would pay an extra $20 a year for online just for those. I really seriously would. I don't, I'm not a trophy hunter. I'm not an achievement guy, but it would give me another reason. It would give us all another reason to replay those vintage Nintendo games that we've all played 3 million times in the past. I will never stop praying for this, my friend. I just don't have any faith in Nintendo. Like they still haven't figured out online period, much less achievements and trophies for fuck's sakes. But I, oh, you and I are on the same page, Ryan. I think most people would love it if Nintendo came up with some kind of fucking achievement. Oh, some, come on, fucking Nintendo, something. Anyway, I agree. And finally, the final blower this week. It's letter time. It's letter time. And this week's letter comes in from our last blower, Crash Bandicoot. Fuck, I love that name. And Crash said, <clears throat> hey, Adam. When watching the Game Awards, I saw the world premiere for Season by Scavenger Studio, and it looked awesome. I agree with you, Crash. It did. Crash continues. However, with allegations coming to light about their toxic management, it puts a little dirt on the shine. You've mentioned repeatedly to vote with your wallet, but I don't necessarily think it's fair to punish everyone who works hard there and isn't part of the toxic environment. Plus, Season looks awesome. Do you think it's acceptable to hold your nose and enjoy a game knowing where it came from? Yeah, that's a tough question, Crash. First, Season does look fucking rad. If you guys haven't looked it up, look it up. It looks really fucking cool. Um, It's tough, Crash, because like more and more studios are getting called out on their shit and stories about toxic workplaces, conditions, managers, etc. is all coming to light, which is a good thing. Those fuckers deserve to be called out, and I wholeheartedly stand behind people that are willing to call out a shitty boss, a shitty work environment, whatever. But like... Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I uh, I guess I would take a stand and say I'm not going to support this game, but I know that's not the case. It won't be the case. And I rarely talk about these types of stories on Game Patch, not because they're not important, but because A, tons of other gaming podcasts are going to report on this already, and B, I try to separate the art from the artist or the artist's boss or whatever. You know, like I'm a huge, huge Tiger Woods fan. One of my favorite athletes of all time. I love Tiger Woods. By all accounts, he's a prick. And we all know what he's done, cheating on his wife and everything. He's, he's kind of an asshole, right? But I don't support him because he's a role model. I support him because I like what he does. His his art, for lack of a better term. The way he plays golf. And a, and a studio would have to be doing something pretty awful for me to avoid their game based on what's going on behind the scenes. Like if they were, you know, locking children in a basement and making them code a video game, then yeah, fuck them. But like, but you're right. It, it, I, I, you're right. Like it's the actual developers are incredibly creative, talented artists, and they shouldn't be punished because their boss is a fucking loser. So I hate to say it, but yeah, I do. As, as you put it, I do, you know, hold my breath or hold my nose and enjoy a game anyway. I just try to ignore it. And I don't think that's endorsing an asshole. I consider that endorsing and enjoying an artist's work. So good good question, Crash. It fucking sucks that there's so many shitty people out there. Um, 
Good blowing, everybody. If I, if uh, like I said, we had a ton of comments this week. I hope that keeps up that way. That was a lot of fun. Uh, if I couldn't read your comment on the show, I did reply on Patreon, and I'll keep doing that moving forward. So keep them coming. I'm not ignoring you. You'll see my comments over there. That is all the blowing this week. Let's get into our smash hit segment: play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you, as always, to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with our theme music for the show. Uh, the rules are simple. Each week, I give our listeners three video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third game is erased from time forever. And this week, I figured since we're talking Skyrim, we're into the PS3, Xbox 360 era. So I picked three of my favorite games from this entire generation. We we're talking Batman Arkham City. Dead Space, and Fallout 3. I ooh, I love all three of those games. And Morgan wrote in and said, I got a crazy idea. The next Play One, Remake One, Erase One should be voted in by the fans. The theme can be Stick It to Adam. We can choose three retro games that he loves so that he can feel the pain. <laughs> and he put in the mwahaha. Uh, I love that, Morgan. I Listen, I did pick three of my absolute favorites that have not already been remastered this week. But next week is episode 135, where we're visiting one of my all-time favorite games from the SNES lineup. I love it. One of the games we covered back in the first early, early days of the podcast. So if it'll make you all happy, I will throw three of my absolute favorite video games of all time up there, just so that I can struggle a little bit. All right? I, I will do that for you. I struggled this week. I really did. Like, as always... There's no wrong answers, but there is a correct one, and I'll tell you what it is in a minute. And it was hard for me to come up with my answer this week. Uh, I'm gonna again weigh so many comments, but I read as many as I could. Let's go fast here. Matt McLean wrote in and said, "I would play Fallout 3. I'm a bigger fan of the Elder Scrolls series personally, so I'm excited for this episode. Fallout 3 had its charm. I would remake Dead Space. I'm still kicking myself that I never finished it, but I had such a great time playing it. A remake could make this game gorgeous and be great for us horror game junkies. Sorry, Adam." That only leaves Batman. I only played a little bit of this game and I found it a little overwhelming. I'm sure once you get into it, it's great, but this is the game I would delete. Matt, I can see how the Arkham games could be a little overwhelming to somebody. I when I went into Arkham Asylum with low expectations and then realized it's kind of like Metroid, but in 3D and with Batman, which fucking really, I love that game, but I could see how it would kind of maybe be like, holy fuck, there's a lot going on. I, I understand that. Uh, and Matt, you need to finish Dead Space, please, for me. Please do that. Please finish Dead Space for me. Uh, Brian Robbins wrote in and said, play Fallout 3 because it's near perfect. Remake Dead Space and get Batman out of here. You know what, Brian? Fallout 3 is almost perfect, which is a funny thing to say because it's so full of bugs and stuff. And we all know it's full of bugs and stuff, but it's still almost perfect somehow. Like I have nothing but good shit to say about Fallout 3. That was my first Bethesda game, period. I fell in love with that game. I'm To this day, I'm stressed out about what to do with that fucking bomb. And if you've played Fallout 3, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Tommy Reynolds wrote in and said, Fallout 3 had such a terrific battle system, and even though I never finished it, I would play it again. I would remake Dead Space. The developers learned so much from making the sequels. A fresh coat of paint on current consoles would make reliving this game a must. And finally, I would erase Batman. This is a hard one because the Batman series is a lot of fun, but there were very good Batman games before this one and even better ones after it, so nobody would miss this. 
Tommy, oh, that's a great point about Dead Space. They made two. They made Dead Space two. They made Dead Space three. What could they do with the first one if they took all the experience they have now and redid it? That's I've never thought of that. And you could ask that about a lot of games. Any game that's in a trilogy. Once they're done the trilogy, what would they do differently if they could go back and remake the first one? That's that's Mass Effect jumps out to me like that. That's fascinating. Um, and I agree, Batman, in my opinion has the best overall series of any of these games. So there's a lot of meat in the Batman pool here. I, that sounds awful, but you know what I'm saying? Um, now that seemed to be a common order, the play fallout, remake dead space, erase Batman, but not everyone felt that way. Raging demon wrote in and said, sometimes this game just makes me sad. (laughs) He said, I would erase Dead Space, I would play Arkham City, I would remake Fallout 3, it rebooted the series, and it's a Bethesda game, so it's buggy and probably needs to be remade anyway. Uh, Now, I see, I don't don't agree with your order, Demon, necessarily, but I 100% agree with the Fallout thing. Like, I was just saying to Brian, it's... (laughs) I know that this contradicts itself, but, like, it's perfect, but it's buggy at the same time. It's so fun to play that you just ignore the bugs and enjoy it, but of these games... Fallout probably needs a tune-up the most, so I can get on board with that. Pi Messiah wrote in and said, Play Arkham City as it is. Whether it be the original or the recent remaster, both versions hold up. I couldn't justify using this as a spot for a next-gen remake. I would remake Fallout 3. It would look fantastic on Series X, as well as having the benefit of going straight to Game Pass. I enjoyed 3 way more than Fallout 4 story-wise and put a lot of time into that game. I would happily do it all over again with a fresh coat of paint. Sadly, I would have to erase Dead Space. It's just the way she goes. It's a great game in an amazing series, but I can't erase either of the previous two because I spent so much of that console generation with them. So see you later, Dead Space Cowboy. Uh, I get it, Messiah. I I really agonized over which one of these to erase myself because I really like all of these games. Like I never even thought of the fact that a remade Fallout 3 would be on Game Pass Day 1. I never even... Oh. That's fucking, that's sexy. I like that a lot. I never even thought of that. Well done, Messiah. Uh, A novel console wrote in and said, Adam, you and I have some of the same opinions regarding a lot of games, so I think I'm going to get this right. First of all, play Arkham City. It still looks and plays great, plus it's available to play pretty easily. Remake Fallout 3. It looks ugly, it's slow, and it could benefit from all the quality of life improvements that were added to Fallout 4. Added some of the fan favorite stuff from Fallout 1 and 2, like being able to target someone's crotch in vats and you have the making of the best Fallout experience ever. Delete Dead Space. While I love the lore, atmosphere, and gameplay, I feel like Resident Evil 4 did it better and it brought nothing new to the survival horror genre. Novel console, you're telling me you could target someone's crotch with vats in Fallout 1 and 2? I didn't know. I want those games on Game Pass so bad. I didn't know that. When the ink is dry on the Xbox Bethesda contract, we had better get Fallout 1 and 2 on Game Pass. I think we will. We had better. I want to shoot some crotch. All right? I didn't know that that was a thing. Um, I agree with you in the sense that Resident Evil 4 is a better game than Dead Space. There's just something about Dead Space. I think it's just the fact that it's the setting, the being in space. That just sinks its claws into me. I do like Resident Evil 4, though. Better. I would agree with that. Uh, A couple more here. Brian Ransom. For the first time, these are all games that I've played and loved. So damn you, Adam. 
Uh, play Batman. I would put Fallout here, but erasing any of the Batman games would butcher the phenomenal story. Overall, a solid game. Amazing combat mechanics as well as stealth and puzzle solving. Also, you never mess with Batman just like you never mess with Chuck Norris. <laughs> I like that. Uh, remake Dead Space. Loved this game and series. Solid gameplay, perfect amount of scares, and eerie enough to keep you on your toes. Polish up the graphics and make it a little harder and you've got perfection. Erase Fallout. As much as I love and don't want to erase this game, I can get my fill of Bethesda with Skyrim. P.S. I would love to see a Switch port for all of these games. Brian, I agree with everything in my soul about putting these games on Switch, particularly Fallout 3. Fallout 3 on the Switch, running properly, would be better than sex. That would be fucking sublime. And I never, dude, I never even thought of having to answer to Batman if you erase his game. That's that's a little intimidating. That's a good call. That is like fucking erasing Chuck Norris. Uh, okay. Stupid monkey. Play Dead Space because Isaac is awesome. Remake Arkham City and make the Riddler trophies a little less controller throwy dumb. <laughs> I like that. Erase Fallout because I have no attachment or cares for the franchise. <sighs> Stupid monkey. Now, I do hate the Riddler trophies as well, but I'm reading this just so that everyone can yell at you for hating Fallout because if I said that, I would catch shit. So if you all want to talk to him, his email is stupidmonkey at... T- no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do have his phone number. I would sell it for a price if you want to light them up. Uh, but I really only like Fallout 3. I've only ever played Fallout 3 and Fallout 4, so my opinion doesn't really matter. But I love, I like both of them, but I really like Fallout 3. Fallout 4 was okay. Uh, we got a ton this week. I can't read everybody. But out of all the answers we got, I only see two that, have, that got it right, that are the same order as me. Josh Shenfield from Press Start to Join. Play Dead Space. It's one of the best horror games I've ever played. I just finished the medium and its spooky atmosphere made me want to play Dead Space again. And the mix up to the zombie like genre with shooting the heads makes them super dangerous, made it more interesting than most horror titles. I agree with you, Josh remake fallout 3 it would benefit from the quality of life enhancements from fallout 76 can use the graphical overhaul and had an awesome cast of characters why not make new vegas a place to travel in the remake sort of like how pokemon gold had you visit kanto from the original pokemon games and then erase arkham city it was essentially the airplane 2 to arkham asylum just gave you a bigger playground and a larger cast of bat villains i'll still okay Oh, I think he means I'll still play uh, Asylum over City even today. I uh, yeah, I don't disagree with you, Josh, and I I wouldn't necessarily argue against liking Arkham Asylum more than City. I, I think both are awesome, but like there's something about the closed um, the 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 closed setting of Arkham Asylum that I really like a little bit more compared to City at times. And then JB Retromania got the same answer. I would remake Fallout 3 because it'd be an excellent addition to the series, but also because Fallout 76 was an epic pile of shit. I would play Dead Space due to it being a new IP that took my soft spot for horror games as Resident Evil screwed the pooch when it de-zombified. And I would delete Batman, although it's a good game. I've just kicked the Joker's ass in Gotham City too many times. So... Retromania, by the way, for the record, is far from the only one of you throwing shade at Fallout 76. That I never played it, but I kind of want to just to see why we all hate it. I, I hate it, and I don't even know why. I've never played it, and I just feel like I'm standing there with the angry mob like, yeah, fuck you, 76, go back to where you came from, and I don't even know why I'm yelling at it. So 
Uh, I'm just caught up in the mob mentality. I don't know if I would agree with uh, with Retromania that Resident Evil fell apart, but I also don't know when we say they officially de-zombified. Like, I really like that series up until Resident Evil 6. And then I haven't played 7. I like Resident Evil 5 a lot. I know a lot of people don't, but I think that game is fucking fun. So, either way... We have the same order. I totally agree with Joshua and JB. I would play Dead Space. And I really do love all three of these games very much. Dead Space is special because I think some people sleep on it a little bit. And I'm proud to be a champion for such a great game. It's really great. And it's also a scary game that I can play and enjoy without being a little bitch. I love the weapons. I like the way enemies react based on where you shoot them, like Joshua mentioned. I had so much fun with this game. The scares added to it. I can't possibly erase it. And I'm afraid that remaking it would make it too intense for a dink like me. It'd be too scary, so I'd play it. And that means I have to erase one of Fallout or Batman. I, I would remake Fallout 3. And I really legitimately paused when I was writing out my notes and thought about this. And I was like, fuck. If I erase Fallout 3, you still have New Vegas and Fallout 4. If I erase Arkham City, I still have Arkham Asylum and Arkham Knight. So I'm going to remake Fallout 3 because I like Fallout 3 more than Fallout 4. I haven't played New Vegas. I know. Yell at me. That's fine. Um, And frankly, Fallout 3 could use a remake more than Arkham City. I think Arkham City runs like a top. I think Fallout is a little sandy at times. So then I would very reluctantly erase Batman Arkham City. I'm a Spider-Man guy. But the Arkham games are the best superhero games ever made. Spider-Man on the PS4 is fucking great. But I think that if I could choose between playing the Arkham games or playing Spider-Man, I would play the Arkham games. And that's why I'm going to very reluctantly erase City. Because I've still got Arkham Asylum, which is awesome. I still have Arkham Knight, which aside from the Batmobile tank stuff is a fucking masterpiece. I can live without City, but I don't want to have to just play Fallout 4. I'm not building a fucking house. Fuck you. So, yeah. I love that fucking segment, man. Keep playing, you guys. I know I can't read all of them, but I try. I appreciate how much everyone enjoys playing Play One, Remake One, Erase One every week. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Okay, let me get into what I've been playing, and then we'll talk Skyrim. And then this isn't that long. This is no longer than a normal intro. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII has been my starting goalie over the last week, my workhorse. That's been most of my gaming time has been spent playing Final Fantasy VIII on my Switch. Uh, As you all know, it won our Patreon poll, so I have to do an episode about it later this month. I'm keeping all of my thoughts under wraps until the episode comes out. I will say, though, I absolutely... The more I play it, the more I understand why it is so polarizing. I I get why people love it, and I get why people hate it. No question whatsoever. I can, I, you don't even have to convince me to side with one side or the other. I totally see why you like or hate this game if you do. But that's been the one I'm playing the most. I bombed through Cyber Shadow on my Xbox Series X this week so that I could review it this Sunday for Expansion Pass. I'll share most of my thoughts on that episode. Uh, but I liked way more about Cyber Shadow than I disliked. I actually streamed it on Sunday on Twitch. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you can play this on Game Pass if you've got Game Pass as well. If you're going to buy it somewhere else and pay for it, just to give you the heads up, I beat it in just under eight hours on normal. That eight hours is probably closer to six and a half or seven because I had a lot of time where I would just stop playing and talk to the Twitch chat. I still have some stuff to go back and find and I still have hard mode to play on. Not a 40 hour game, just so you're warned. 
Uh, I'll tell you more about it on Sunday. Uh, I also played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES last week for Adam Sucks at Video Games. That entire Let's Play series is up on YouTube now, youtube.com slash remember the game if you want to watch me invent swear words and play the original Ninja Turtles. Uh, I've actually been playing it a little bit more too, even after the Let's Play was done. Like I, I, it was way more fun than I remember. It's just so hard and I really want to get good at that game and be able to beat it without being a cheating piece of shit. So... Uh, I've been playing that, and then I finally plan to fire up God of War on the PS4 this week. I want to finish Final Fantasy VIII first, because I know there are two story games, and I struggle when I play one more than one narrative-heavy game at a time, but uh, I'm I'm hoping to be done with Final Fantasy VIII in the next few days, and then I cannot wait to finally jump into God of War on my PS4. Uh, And that is it. Long intro, but we have a long Skyrim chat to get to. Let's start talking some Skyrim. And as you know, I like to give you nerds a chance to share your thoughts on games before I indulge myself and ramble for a while. We had a ton of comments. I'm just going to fly through a few of these. Brian Robbins wrote in and said, Oblivion was the game that made me stand in line for Skyrim. Skyrim is one of the best games ever, in my opinion. Also, Adam, a fact I never hear brought up is that when you bought a game back in the day, that was it. No day one updates, no year two patches, no nothing. That's why games were better back in the day. That's a whole separate fucking argument, Brian, but I agree with you. I love the days when you just had to ship a game and it either worked or it didn't work, and that was it. I agree. Uh, Zane Donovan wrote in and said, yeah, what can I say? Skyrim, so effing good. And then Zane even went as far as to throw in a heart emoji, which either means love or a medical condition, both of which are serious. Morgan wrote in and said, good Lord, this game is a behemoth. I have about 900 hours into this game over several run-throughs and multiple character builds, and the dragon animation is the best I've ever seen in a video game. Easily in my top five favorite games of all time. See, so it's like so many people love this game, but then I had a couple people that are like, meh. Rex Sheldon wrote in and said, I struggle with Skyrim so much. It's a game I want to love. I try over and over again to get into it, but for some reason, I just can't crack it. I've bought it on three separate occasions, on PS3, PS4, most recently on Switch. Thinking uh, I'd be able to take it with me would make me stick with it and fall in love, but it just isn't working for me. For some reason, it's not clicking. For the record, Rex, Skyrim didn't click with me until I played it on Switch either. And that was finally when I really, I get into that in a minute, but that was really when it, 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 I figured it out. I cracked the code, if you will. The Honest Pokemon Trainer wrote in and said, Skyrim is not a game I hold dear to me, but I understand its impact on the world. It was released the same time as Dark Souls. And after playing such tight controls in the hell that is Dark Souls, I struggled to get into Skyrim. That being said, the first time you fight a dragon in the wild was one of my gaming highlights and the music is incredible. I have to write assessments up for the social care sector now and I have the exploration music on all of the time. I totally get that, Pokemon Trainer. The music is so sick. And it's also just one of those games some people just like to watch. Which with, I don't always understand, but with Skyrim, I get it 100%. Tommy Reynolds wrote in and said, The Elder Scrolls series is one I spent hours watching my son play. I was never much into role-playing games myself, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching Oblivion and Skyrim. I know I would enjoy your take on such a great game, and perhaps it would be an episode my son, who is now 25, would also enjoy listening to. At 50, I'm still gaming like I was 25, and we still enjoy playing and discussing games from the current titles to ones like Skyrim that would be considered considered retro for him you never know you may get a new subscriber and that's exactly thank you for sharing that tommy that's exactly what i was talking about off the top to some people skyrim is a retro game 
us old folk have to remember that, right? And then Sharonic wrote in and said, I never played Skyrim, but it was one of the first games I experienced through YouTube Let's Plays. Great game for that, since there's so much to do, so many ways to play the game, even the bugs made for entertaining moments. The guy I watched the most often spend most of his time putting buckets on the heads of people he killed or overburdening himself by collecting books and cabbages. <laughs> I love that. It's. <laughs> I think just watching this game might be fun because you could tune in and out. You wouldn't have to commit hundreds of hours yourself to playing it. I've got about 100 hours into Skyrim on my Switch. I've never beaten the game. Admittedly, I hardly know what's going on in the story. I just love exploring in this game. But that fucking nerd and former Remember the Game Hall of Famer, Mark McHugh, is also a huge Skyrimmer. He has beat the game. We talked about that. We talked about the story. We spent over an hour talking about this game's legacy, what the future holds for Elder Scrolls, and so much more. And I'm going to let you hear that right now. We've done all long enough. I will queue up some tunes. And when they're done, we will talk Skyrim, which has released a million times, but it all started back on Xbox on December 4th, 2012. Let's talk Skyrim. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account, and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a CrashPlan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan.
Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week is, uh, he barely needs an introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyways because that is the format of the show. Longtime guest, longer time friend, fellow comedian, and former Remember the Game Hall of Famer, my good buddy, Mr. Mark Tholomew McHugh. How's it going, pal? Uh, it's going great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming back, buddy. I got to imagine that, like, so before we started recording, I was saying to Mark, I think this is like my eighth day in a row recording podcasts. Like, I, I just, it's, I feel like it's, like, I sleep and then I wake up and I do podcasts. Like, that's just all I do with my time now. But you, dude, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. You have got to be the clubhouse leader for the amount of episodes you've appeared on. And you must have 25% as many hours as I fucking do into the show with a, with a fraction of the fame. Despite the fact that a lot of our listeners like you more than they like me. So it, uh, uh-huh. we were saying off air, Mark, is, Mark has become the official Luigi of Remember the Game Industries. Like I'm player one because I'm on here all the time, but Mark has become player two. Uh, plus, I, I get the impression that you'd be scared very easily like Luigi is. You know what? That's a very, very good impression. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> I've gotten in one fight in my whole life, and I then I lost very badly, and then I cried in front of a whole group of people. It was lovely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the best. I am very much a Luigi. All I need you to do is when COVID is over and we're allowed to, to be friends again, we have to go race go-karts just so that I can get like a gif of you doing the de- Luigi death stare. As you drive Dude. by, and I'm like, now that, that's it. New, and there's a new uh, go kart place in the mall. Yeah, in West Edmonton Mall. I, I want to. I. I mean, I'm not a huge go kart guy, but I just want to go see what it's all about because everyone's talking about. It sucks. Like they put all this money into opening this giant, super crazy go kart track in West Edmonton Mall, and then the government told everybody stay home and don't fucking do anything. So anyway, that said, very very on board to go and go karts when yeah. we're allowed to go kart again. We'll do it. We'll get all the Edmontonian remember the game hot dogs and we'll do like a meet and greet hangout at the go kart place. That'll be fun. That sounds great. Uh, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about <laughs> we are talking about maybe the only game that we've ever covered on this show that is longer than the pandemic has been. It like it might be <laughs> the only one. And uh, this this might be our first foray. It'll be one of I have one other PS3 game uh, episode locked and loaded. I don't know which episode will go live first, but this is our our eventual wading into the PS3 Xbox 360 pool. Today we are talking the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Uh, one of the best games of all time. Yeah, I would agree with that. I know it's got its haters, and I know that some of the engine and stuff. It's you know everyone talks about the glitches and the bugs and and some people are like it's aged horribly and blah 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 which I disagree with and we'll get into all that but I, I, the simple fact of the matter is if you don't think Skyrim is not if not one of the greatest games of all time one of the most successful video games of all time at bare minimum you're just lying to yourself this game I would love to know how many copies of this game have been sold since it came out across every platform it's on like I actually went to a midnight release for this game and like i didn't even have the system that it was coming out for i didn't have an on uh, a copy pre-ordered it's just that i had some friends that were going to a midnight release and they asked me to come with them and i'd never heard of this game before that night so i'm like yeah i'll go hang out with you and watch a bunch of weird people <laughs> so so then so so did you not play like morrowind or oblivion or anything i 
I eventually played Oblivion like long after the fact though. Oh, like okay. I had never played an Elder Scrolls game until I got my PS3. Okay. Cuz I got to be honest, dude, like my so my first roommate, uh my pal Ryan was obsessed with Morrowind on the original Xbox. He played the fuck out of that game. And then when uh, Oblivion came out, I remember trying it because I'd watched him play Morrowind and I thought it looked cool. And I picked up Oblivion and I just didn't, it didn't click. Like I just didn't get it. And then Skyrim, I remember picking up and it didn't, like I thought it was cool, but I just was like, I was, it was so big. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Is this too, it's too much. It's too big. Um, and then it actually, and I know this is going to seem like sacrilege to a lot of our diehard Skyrim fans out there, but it was the, it was the switchboard where I finally just sat down and put some time into Skyrim. And to this moment, if I'm not mistaken, Skyrim is my most played game on my Nintendo Switch. Um, and you know what? I still have my PS3 copy. I'm probably never going to touch it again. Because I, like with the Switch port, I'm like, get yeah, there. That's yeah. the system yeah. I want it on. Well, and like, yeah, like with every generation of console, like a better port comes out, right? Like, I mean, like just, I mean, I, 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 got, I got mad love for the Xbox 360, but I have no interest in hooking up an Xbox 360 and trying to use it today. Like, it would just seem so no, exactly. archaic. Same as the PS3, and right? The other cool thing about the Switch port is that it came with everything. Like, it came yeah. with the uh, it came with the Dawn Guard. It came with uh, uh, the Dragonborn DLC. It came with, like, the... It even came with, like, the... Whole, like, I don't remember what the second DLC was called, but it was the one where you could, like upgrade your homes and have kids and stuff the big thing i think with the the switch port is the there's no mods right i don't know if there's mods on the other console versions but i know like the switch is the switch and then that's it whereas like people love their mods on the pc version yeah. and again like i've never played with mods so yeah that might also be sacrilege for the skyrim community yeah but i'm like i've never played uh non-vanilla version of this game right and yeah and like i've seen i've seen some ones that i like like there's one that turns it into a sitcom where like every time you die they add like a laugh track I think <laughs> that's really fun that's awesome what Ugh, i've never played anything with mods in my life but this like it, it this, this game skyrim just intrigues me it just like the fact that the community latched onto it and they've done so much with it like i said i've played the switch version and i again if you get mad you get mad i understand um now it's on game pass because xbox bought bethesda so now you can play skyrim on on game pass and i've been tempted to like sorry a little off a little off topic here but with the expo with microsoft buying bethesda i have a prediction yes and if this comes true you can play this clip all the time um, my prediction is that we're going to see a Skyrim or an Elder Scrolls television show coming. Oh yeah, that's I could... my guess because Microsoft didn't buy Bethesda, didn't buy Bethesda just to make games. Guaranteed, yeah, I could see that. Like just cashing on the fran- like, and they're going to do like a big Lord of the Rings, like because you if you play Skyrim. There's enough for a television show oh, there for fuck. sure. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Oh, dude, you could just take. You could just. You don't even have to call. You could just call Elder Scrolls, like the TV show Elder Scrolls, and then you basically have carte blanche to do whatever the fuck you want in this big fantasy world if you want to. So yeah, I could totally. Oh, exactly. I could totally see that. Um. So yeah. So like, so that's I, my prediction. If I'm right, we'll lock I want it in. Everyone to remember that I called it first. Fair enough. 
All right, I'll give you that. I'll credit you. I won't remember this, but you'll remember this. Or one of our <laughs> listeners will remember this. Um, so like, I've looked at playing it on my Xbox now because I'm like, oh, I got an Xbox Series X and it'd probably be big and fast. But the thing, and this is just me, the reason this game finally clicked with me on the Switch um, is because it is so fucking big even if you've never played skyrim you know how big you i'm sure you know how big it is and where it finally clicked with me was like i can just i can pick up my switch and fucking do 15 minutes and just raid like a cave that i found and take some treasure out and then be done as opposed to sitting down you know what i mean and i can do it while i'm watching a hockey game or a football game or or the news big but it's also dense yeah. Like every character has like is voice acted, which is extremely impressive. Yeah. Has like a backstory, has like things that they want. So but that's okay, so and, and this is something I wanted to get out of the way uh ten minutes ago or whatever we're at, and I should have done this. Like I I have never been more intimidated to do an episode of this show than I am with Skyrim. And sometimes like when we've done Pokemon episodes in the past, I get a little nervous because I know how passionate the diehard fan base for Pokemon games are. And I'm afraid, dude, every time we've covered a Pokemon game, I've received messages from people about stuff I said that was wrong or about you should actually do this or that. Like I get it because I feel that way about some games too. So I understand the passion, but Skyrim scares the fuck out of me because here's the thing. I have well over a hundred hours into this game on my Switch uh i have not finished it i and to be complete if i'm gonna be completely honest with you i (laughs) i don't know what the fucking storyline in this game is i know something about dragons are back and i'm dragonborn and i can absorb their and i understand that but like and there's one big dragon and you have to go to hell and kill him basically okay see i didn't even know that because i got thinking about it like because i put so and here's the thing mark i got well over 100 hours into this i was having a great time my character's like super powerful and i, I have them built the way i want them to build and I, I i i could just sit around and play this game for days just going around raiding little like wherever i find like you find a cave or a dungeon or a fucking castle or whatever and you go in you clean out all the bad guys you haul all of the you haul all everything you can carry back to town sell some of it throw the rest into your treasure like i have a my treasure chest in my house has got about a trillion dragon bones and scales and shit in it because i just i love i'm a hoarder i love doing that stuff but like i realized it. i was putting so many hours into it and having so much fun just exploring this world and 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 fucking looking for treasures and stuff like that and then i realized like if you told me right now okay adam go finish the game i'd be like i have no fucking idea what I'm actually supposed to be doing. But to me, well, that's... You don't really finish the game because the like the side plots feel as significant as the main plot. Right. And Well, yeah, that's the thing is like every time I took on a new quest or a new mission or whatever you want to call them, I was having fun just doing that quest or that mission being like, you know, dealing with the vampires, dealing with werewolves, being like a thief and helping out these thieves or whatever it is. Like everything, I just... Every time I sit down and play part and like, and to me, this is the great thing about Skyrim and we'll talk about the bugs and the gameplay and shit like that in, in a little bit, but like, st- like I'm really, boy, there's a, I feel like you and I just sat down and we're trying to eat a 20 pound steak in an hour. Like no, there's that's just, exactly it. there's so much meat on the table here, but to me, that's one of the great, great, maybe the best thing about Skyrim is the fact that there there is no wrong way to play it. You could just no, bomb. No, that's exactly it. Yeah. And so that's so. I have a question for you then. Shoot. When you uh, when you play like when you play, do you fight with the stormcloaks or do you fight with the imperials? 
I, I don't know. Like, like I don't, like, and that's, and that's what I'm worried about because everyone talks about that. And it's like, I don't. Okay, so at the beginning, at the beginning, great. Like, this is a great beginning to a game. You're in like a cart, you're a prisoner. I remember that. And yeah. you're there with a dude named Ulfric Stormcloak. Right. Who is also a prisoner. And right. you're being taken by the Imperials and they're going to execute you. Right. And later on in the game, you get to choose which side of the war you want to fight with. Right. Do you want to fight with the people that kidnapped and were about to kill you? Or do you fight with the dude who you were imprisoned with? Most people would say, I'm going to fight with the Stormcloaks because we were imprisoned together and the Imperials tried to kill us. But if you play this game long enough, you start to realize, Ulfric Storm... I, I, know, you, I know you're not a very overly political podcast, but... Ulfric, like the Stormcloaks are the mega hats of the Skyrim world. Okay. They're very much like Skyrim is for the Nords. Fuck off. Like, fuck the, like, fuck the elves. Fuck the, uh, the Kajit. Fuck the, all of the other races. This Skyrim is for the Nords. Right. Make Skyrim great again. Okay. Whereas the Imperials are a little more practical, even though they were going to kill you. So it's an inter- like it's interesting to choose between those two because it's like, do I go with the people that were going to kill me but are more level-headed, or do I go with these people who are nice to me but they're fucking crazy? Right. Okay. So now it's funny because when you, because you and I talked about covering this game a while back, and uh, and you had asked me that, which side did I join? And I was like, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, I don't remember. And because here's the thing. And actually, this is why I think you're the right guest for the show, Mark. Because I know you know this game. You love, you love Skyrim. And I, I have put a ton of hours into it and I love it. But I, I have been the, the, the guy, like, just, I know there's some people that are probably just cringing and they're like, you're fucking playing it wrong. I don't even pay. I don't know. I'm like, I just want to be a dude that just goes and explores this world and becomes like a god with all my power and everything. But you can't play this game wrong. That's and that's so cool. exactly. And I love that. Having said that, like I, I, I want. I'm ninety percent. Get to the end of the main plot and not and not fighting the war at all. Right. Like I'm ninety percent sure that I joined up with the the people that wanted to kill me because that felt like the the heel route, and I always go the bad guy route in games if I can, and that felt that feels more heelish. But having said that, but early I would say I would say that like yeah, at first it seems like the heel, but like Aldrich Stormcloak is a bad bad man. Right. See, I don't even know who the fuck. Whereas General Talis is like, oh, he's more level-headed. He's the Joe Biden. Of the- See, this, like, it almost frustrates. This is why I'm like, I, I, I was so cautious to talk about this game on the show because I'm like, I have 100 hours into this game. I have no fucking idea who any of these people are. I played the exactly. first couple hours. And then, and but then I. What's so cool about the game is there's so that like there's so much to it. Yeah, like I played the first few hours and whatever, and then I remember finding like people that were werewolves, and then I became a I could companions, yeah. And then I could become a werewolf, and I actually hated it. Like I'm like I'm never transferring into this thing again because this fucking sucks. I liked playing as like me, but then I like I just that was when I just kind of like I got my house. And I could be turned into a werewolf if I wanted to. And then I just started going out and exploring. And that was the fun part to me. And like you said, that's the rad thing about this game is that there's just no wrong. You could just focus on the story if you want. Or you could just go off and do whatever the fuck you want. And that's all I was doing. Like, the, my favorite thing. thing. If you go off and do whatever the fuck you want, you're going to come across. Like, I remember, like, one time, just randomly, I came across a talking ghost dog. Right. 
Or like there's one time like you're wandering around a village and you talk to the right person and then, oh shit, now I'm in Alice in Wonderland. Like there's actually a part where you're like transferred, like you're transferred into this weird other realm that looks a lot like Alice in Wonderland. Right. And at the end of this little, like, little mini quest, you get like a magic wand that does just kind of whatever the fuck it wants, turns people into chickens, like it hurts dragons really bad. Like it's just, there's just so much to this game that it's impossible to like, like it's, it's all optional. That's what's the, what the yeah. great thing about it is because I've seen people play this game. Like if you watch somebody speed run this game, I think the world record is like 25 minutes. Somebody's Jesus like Christ. from the beginning of the, like from the cart thing all the way to like, Oh, you're killing Alduin at the end. Okay. You could do it, like, the world record is, like, 25 minutes. And you could just play the main plot, and that's fine. But then you could also just do the companion's plot. And then you run across people who are hunting vampires. And you're like, fuck yeah, I'll go kill some vampires, why not? And then you start learning, like, ooh, maybe I want to be a vampire. Yeah, I, now that's an option. That was what I did. I just, I became, a, when I met them, I was like, dude, you guys seem cool. And I was like, I'll be a vampire. Fuck yeah, why not? All right, let's, ch-. I was like, let's, I'll, yeah, you only live once. Fucking make me everything. And if you choose that, the story goes very differently. Yeah, fucking just. And so, and like to me, I consider this mostly a good thing. The fact that you can play the game however you want, go wherever you want, join whoever you want, be a good guy, be a bad guy, be a werewolf, be a fucking vampire, use magic, use swords, whatever you want. I I, I think for the most part that is good. However, and I and I would choose that option over making it a much more linear experience. I just I will say, and I think there's other people that probably I know people that just hate Skyrim and. It took me forever to click with it as well because it 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 can be it can be it can be incredibly intimidating when you fire it up yeah. and you have no fucking idea who to who to where to go who to work with and then the other thing is particularly early on in the game like my guy is so strong now that like I haven't died in in fucking months because I can just go wherever I want and I'm like a beast I'm like I'm not afraid of anybody I have a whole bunch of like shouts like a whole bunch of dragon powers and my my magic is maxed out and then I'm I personally like to play it uh I have a sword in one hand and then magic on the other hand like that's my preferred way to play and I fucking I can I go wherever I want but early on in the game that's a really cool way to do like you can that's the way I played it the first time and you can do every quest that way. Right. Like you can do you can master the mage college, you can do the companions, you can do everything if you choose to do magic and combat. Right. But the problem I found uh and this is why it didn't click with me in the past was like I remember playing it on my on the PS3 or Xbox 360 or whatever. And uh I don't know, I got fucking 7 or 8 hours in and then I accidentally walked into an area where these like, you know those fucking flying frost snakes? whatever the fuck they're called. Um, yeah. And like they, I can, like I, <laughs> I laugh at them now. Like when they attack me, I'm like, yeah, go here. You can have a couple shots. Take your shots. I'm going to melt you, but take a couple shots if you but want. But the first to. time you come across them, they fuck you up. They murder you. And I, that was, that specific moment was when I was like, I don't, this is fucking, I don't get it. Like, I don't get like, we're, like there's so much. And the thing is, is I've been quite vocal about it on this podcast in the past I'm I'm incredibly hit and miss when it comes to open world games because I find them overwhelming and intimidating and I don't finish a lot of them. I put a ton of hours into Witcher 3. I've never come close to finishing it because I'm like, it's just too much. And with Skyrim... Well, and I, 
I, I have an unpopular opinion there. I couldn't get into The Witcher Three. Right, and which I get. I totally understand how you couldn't get in. I totally get it. Uh, I I like, love I, that I game, but I get to it. The part with like the where, where like you have to bring back the like aborted fetus baby back to life. Yeah, for the Baron. I, like, and I keep dying at that part, and I'm like, I'm not invested enough in this story to like grind my way through this. Right. Whereas like with Skyrim, like and and. <laughs> I like this game a lot. It's going to get a good score from me at the end. Is this is going to be a very good? This is going to be a much more positive than negative review. But I will say, I maybe it's on me, but I can kind of consider it a strike that I've put a, a hundred hours into this game. And on one hand, I've had a great time, but on the other hand, I'm like, I have no idea why I am doing any of this. I'm just walking around exploring this big world, having fun. And I get that I'm not doing anything wrong. Like that's just one way to play Skyrim. But this game is like, I think it's so popular because it is so big and open and you can do whatever you want. It's just too, and I think there's a lot of gamers out there that prefer a linear experience like myself that, that fire up Skyrim and they're like, this is just too open for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I find like for me, I kind of, I like both types of games. Right. Like I love linear games. Like we were talking last of us before we were recording fantastic game yeah. and it does exactly like what it's supposed to do right for open world games i prefer approaches like this because right. i like red dead redemption 2 but i found that like most open world games try to have a linear story and it doesn't really work for me because right. it's like okay i go here i go here i go here i'm having fun i'm seeing the story but like what's the point of the open world then yeah. And that's, and, and to me that, and this is where we're going to shift into being positive about Skyrim right now. Cause I, I, I am worried there are some people listening being like, Adam, shut the fuck up. We like it because it's open world. And that's the point I'm trying to make is I understand that maybe it wouldn't click with some people and some people would be intimidated by it. But this was the first, like I didn't get into a fallout game until after I played Skyrim. I never really, they didn't click with me. And then I played Skyrim and then I was like, Oh, I get, I, I, I can do whatever I want. And, and there are so many linear games. And I do think that the, the gaming landscape has shifted too far toward open world. Like not, we talked about this on one of my other podcasts. I can't remember what we've recorded so it's many in the last week. Open world now. Yeah. Everything is open world now. And frankly, like to all the game developers out there, and I'm sure tons of them listen to this. I know they don't, uh, but like not every game has to be open world. You can have a fucking no, mini, like not. they don't. Hundred percent agree. It's and it's become a problem. But when Skyrim came out, I understand Morrowind existed in Oblivion and and, and other games. But like, the, the open world wasn't as normal as it is now. And Skyrim, I think, really it played a role in that because I honestly I I have to imagine that once Skyrim dropped and just exploded and was making so much money and was selling so much that that some other game developers were like well we have to look like we have to make it open like that so then people keep buying it and keep playing it and whether you like Skyrim or not you guys people are still buying it and they are still playing it there's a reason that this game keeps getting released again and again and again it got dropped on Xbox Game Pass for the Xbox Series X this game is two generations old and people lost their shit they were like fucking nice because Skyrim is such an important title and I know the other games did it first but I don't think the other games did it as well I know there are some people that prefer Oblivion but like I think Skyrim really just nailed it and and the 
Well, and then you look at like what how Nintendo built on what Skyrim did when they created Breath of the Wild, and, and, and for me, that's the best open world game. Right, and I, and I think a lot of video games have done that. I think a lot of games have taken inspiration from Skyrim, uh, and that's well, and I'm where playing, I'm playing Horizon right now, and it feels a lot like Skyrim Light. Yeah, yeah, Skyrim is just like there's a reason it's it's it's, it's it is it. Like it or not, it is one of the most important video games ever made, and oh, I absolutely. And I think, and 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 then we'll move on to the gameplay here in a second. But to me, one of the really special things about Skyrim, to, to finally put a cherry on this, and I've kind of said it already. Mark and I played it two totally different ways. Mark loves the story. Mark is like, I want to be this guy. I want to work with this team. I'm like, I'm I'm the wandering, the happy idiot. I'm like, I don't even know who I'm working with. I just want to go find some more treasure. And I'm having so much, but like the fact that you can make a game this big, this open and have two hardcore video game players enjoy it in two completely different ways, but both really, really like it is very special. There's not a lot of video games that could do that. Even a lot of open world games. Witcher 3 is great, but I promise you there aren't a lot of people playing Witcher 3 just walking around Tweedledee, Tweedledum and exploring instead of working on this story. And and you can apply that to Assassin's Creed. You can apply it to Horizon, Far Cry, fucking GTA, well, J- like, GTA like maybe. Most- I but, feel like most open world games completely waste their open world and Skyrim doesn't. Yeah, Skyrim, Skyrim uh, yes. showed everybody this is how you make an open world game. Yeah, you nailed it. Because the thing about a lot of those big open world games is they just become giant collectathons where it's all about just go to all the icons. You know, like, I mean, I'm just pulling one out of my... my I just finished Ghost of Tsushima. I fucking love that game. Everyone knows that listens to this. I... I adore Ghost of Tsushima, but it is a giant open world and you basically just go find collectathons. You go find all these haiku spots. You go find all these shrines to pray at. Whereas Skyrim, it's not a big open collectathon. Everything is like a new and that's what was so special about it to me was I was like I'd find a new cave or a new dungeon or something and then I would fast travel back to my house and unload as much as I could so that I could carry more stuff and then fast travel back to that dungeon and I just wanted to go see what was in the dungeon. You know what I mean? Like the amount of side quests, Mark, that I came across where I had already done what they wanted me to do because I had just been looking into caves and going in and getting all the treasure and stuff. And I and I was like, dude, you fucking do. I never thought to say it the way you just said it. This game does open world properly because it's like I really can just go do whatever I want. I don't have to. I don't dread every time I find a new thing on my map because it's not going to be another stupid backpack in Spider-Man that I have to go pick up. Not the shit on Spider-Man, but it's not going to be that. But like, again, like the open world is like in Spider-Man, I pretty much played the story. I didn't do the side stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Do I have never, they didn't give me a reason to want to do a lot of the side. No, I've Uh, never had a, cause I traditionally like to play my main campaign. I go after collectibles for the first few hours. Then I get bored of them and then I play the campaign and then I'm done. And Skyrim, now that I'm thinking about it might be the only game I've ever played where not only did I not just bomb through the main storyline, I just kind of forgot about the main storyline. I was just having fun just hunting for treasure and playing the game. And I I'm and that's completely a 180 from the way I enjoy most video games and I think that's really why I feel so like that's why I like this game so much because I I I it made me play it in a way that I wouldn't normally play it and I really enjoyed it. I well, and the, the interesting thing about Skyrim is there is a main storyline, but like when you're finished it, like the credits don't roll. Like there's no like big ta da, it's over now. Right. You still.
still have a list of like, okay, well, here are the other quests you can go do. Right. Like that have, that are just as like, like the main quest feels about as significant as all of the other quests. Right. Right. It's just, it just happens to be the center quest, but it is just another quest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you can still, you can go do the stuff with the companions. You can go fight with the Dawn Guard. You right. can go do like, you can fight with the blades. You can. And then. Like and, there's really like just so many, like there's just so much you could do in this game. That, yeah. Like, yeah. Like we, it, we both enjoy this game in vastly different ways. Right. And, and like, and we're only talking about the story. Like we haven't even gotten into like playing the game and that was something. And I got to be honest, maybe there's a whole bunch of games like this. And this is just my only real, uh, uh, experience with this type of game in the genre. But I was like, I was legitimately floored at like when you, when you get experience points and you level up and you can tweak your character and, and, and the way that you, as you use different things, those things level up. And I was like, this is fucking dope. Cause like you can play archer and sneaking around. You can play one sword. You could play, two-handed weapons you could play with a sword in each hand you could play with a spell you on each hand a werewolf and just tear everybody apart yeah and like and the cool thing about it is it doesn't lock you into picking one of those play styles if you decide like say you've been using like a two-handed sword the whole way and then you're like i'm getting i don't want to play like this anymore then all you do is equip some different gear and then start using that and you started at a low level again but then the more you use it the more it levels up and i i i think that is just like the fucking dopest mechanic because for the first 10 and hours like, i switched and switched and switched still aren't doing shit like that like yeah. skyrim is still better than most open world games that come out like like, I don't mean to shit on the game because it's a great game, but I told you earlier, I'm playing Horizon right now, and pretty much every single mission, it's like, okay, you've got to go stealth, and then you can fight, you can, like, use bows and your, yeah. sword and your like, spear and stuff. But, like, every mission is stealth-based. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, but I don't, like, I don't I don't really want to play like that. I want to go in guns blazing. And it's like, okay, well, you'll die then. Yeah, yeah, Skyrim. Whereas Skyrim gave you so much more options. Like, to this day, I don't think, I can't think of many open world games, except for Breath of the Wild, that does the open world as well as Skyrim does. Yeah, you're right. A lot of games do kind of force you to play a certain way, at least in certain missions, whereas, like, Skyrim really does it's really remarkable how and i think that was the game loop that really got me so into it was like i could go into a dungeon make myself invisible and sneak around i could go into a dungeon with fire loaded up on both hands and just blast everything i could equip a sword and shield and and it and you can constantly switch and the more you use them the better you get at them and i found that to be like it took me hours before i finally borderline settled on a sword on one hand with a, and then I would switch between like fire ice or cure on my other hand, depending on what I needed for that moment. Um, and even then I would still switch over to archery sometimes when I felt like playing it with an archer style and you could go running in guns blazing if you wanted, or you could hide and pick people off and it just, and it never like, it never, um, like shoehorned you into playing a certain way. It was like, ah, oh, just fucking do you. It's like a big playground. Oh, I played last, how I played last time is what I did is I started with the companions. Like I started with the companion route until you, they let you be a werewolf. 
and then I started like the war, like then I started the war. I joined, I actually joined with Ulfric last time because why the fuck not? I could, I'll, I'll fight with the bad guys. So I, I fought with Ulfric and then every single battle that I got in during the war, I would just turn into a werewolf and just rip like, <laughs> just go through the battlefield and just rip dudes apart. And like, and there you go. So there's like, so there's another thing. And, and again, like, and we talked about this earlier, but it's like, so you can pick whatever weapons you want. You can pick whatever spells you want. You can pick whatever gameplay you want. Plus you could pick to be a werewolf. You could pick to be a vampire. You could pick all these. It's, it 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 um I, so the reason we started covering PS3 and Xbox 360 games on the show is because I've heard from listeners of Remember the Game that are you know 18 19 20 years old now and I'm like dude if you're 20 this game came out in 2011 so in theory if you're 20 in 2021 then you could have been 10 years old when this game came out so if you grew up like dude this could be somebody's Super Mario World like this is dude, a this game is retro to some people. Exactly. So that's why I wanted to start covering them. And I and then the reason I bring that up is like even talking about it right now, like I and, and this game is ten years old and I'm in awe of all the various ways you can do all these various crazy things. And it's like I can't even imagine having this be my like formative years of a gamer. Type, you know what I mean? Like I grew up like Super Super Mario Brothers, where you had the only option you had was like, do you yep. want to take a warp pipe? And it's like now to to think that someone grew up with this, like I, I'm I I I'm I'm in I'm I truly I'm in, I'm truly I'm uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm not because I I'm glad I grew up with Mario Brothers, but I'm glad we grew, I grew up with Mario Brothers. But then we also grew up with like the fucking tiger handheld. Yeah, and, that's, like, yeah, that's there true. A lot of shitty video games from that time i'm in awe of just how many different things you could do in this game and it's funny because i know that i know how many different things you can do but it's just like to sit down and really talk about it it's like in theory in theory if you like skyrim uh and then and then we like again we brought up that we didn't even use mods and stuff uh, throw mods in there you you could play this game for years and years and not even have to buy another game you could just escape into this universe i used to do that when i would play this game on my switch i would lose myself for hours i'd put my headphones on and i would just space out and i would just start playing this game and 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 before i knew it three hours were gone everything and yeah and you wouldn't see everything um and then when you add in not only all the different choices but again all the different combat mechanics or and and here's the other thing is it's not and i know that fallout does this too but we're talking skyrim it's not even just the combat mechanics there's stuff like like alchemy and lock picking and the way you play defense and and you're it's it's really just fucking almost overwhelming how big this is my girlfriend loved breath of the wild she's not a big video game player but she loved Breath of the Wild. She got completely obsessed with that game. And then I showed her Skyrim and she started playing it and she 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 thought it was really cool. She never really got too far into it. She just, you know, for whatever reason, which I get because I felt that way the first couple times I played it too. Like it's almost overwhelming at times. But uh, it, it's, it's true. It's almost unfathomable considering especially that this game is 10 years old. One thing if this game came out today and had this many options and stuff in it, but this game is 10 years old. And you could pick it up today and put hundreds of hours into it and not see everything. That's fucking unreal, man. Like, that boggles my mind. It's just, what a fucking video game. It's so big. I don't even know. What the fuck do they do for six? How the fuck do you follow know. this? I'm really looking for, like, we're not going to see that for years. Agreed. But, like, whatever like whatever Elder Scrolls six is, 
has to top this, and that's where the big challenge for that game is. Like, I don't envy the people that are now having to figure out what Elder Scrolls Six looks like. See, I don't either, but at the same time, holy tits, am I excited slash curious to see... Because not only, like, not only is all of the shit we just said about that game true, there's also, like, culture and lore and, like, right. oh, you find out that these two families in this town are fighting. Right. Or, like, you go in, you read this book. Like, there's fucking books that somebody had to write yeah. for this game. Yeah, which you could, like, and I didn't like, read. Did diaries you read? And, like, there's just so much, like, they have, like, their own religions. They, like, you learn all about, like, Sovngarde and how it's, like, warrior heaven and shit. Like, they created a whole religion, a whole society. They created so much for this game. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know what you do for sex. No, like, I don't... I- what I was like, what what really has me intrigued, and what I'm really excited about is to see, like, this game is is ten years old. This game came out on PS3, Xbox 360, and then PCs back in 2011. Fucking PlayStation's, Xboxes, and PCs have come a long fucking way since 2011. So it's like, what on earth could you do in theory? with the hardware that you have today. That's what's got me intrigued. And it's not just Skyrim. Even like a game like a... I know everyone keeps like, where's GTA 6? Where's GTA 6? When GTA 6 finally comes out, you guys, we're going to see what they can do with hardware 10 years from the last time they did it. And that's what... I think that has me more intrigued about Elder Scrolls 6 than anything. I don't even care what the fucking story and stuff in Elder Scrolls 6 is. And I want to get into... And I want to just... I want to get into the gameplay about it in a minute because there's something about that I don't like. But I'm so fascinated to see like how big is this fucking world going to be how many quests are there going to be how many options are there going to be to customize your character and stuff like that it's in in like it feels like the it feels like elder scroll 6 could literally be in infinite it could it, it could be that big uh one of the elder scrolls oh. is infinite actually it's like uh i think it's the second one right it's like a procedurally generated background so it is just an infinite game so like what are they yeah so like fuck what are they gonna do like I can't even imagine. What what I think is cool is that there are, like, there's at least 10 years. Like, if it dropped tomorrow, there would be 10 years between Elder Scrolls V and Elder Scrolls VI. Right. Which I think, like, which, like, I think is great because, like, Ubisoft does an Assassin's Creed every single year. Yeah. And it's to the point where, like, every time I play an Assassin's Creed game, I'm like, okay, that was, like, the last Assassin's Creed game, but, like, tweaked a little bit same as sports games like bethesda will be like no no we'll put 10 years into a game yeah well you gotta remember too that they released fallout 4 since skyrim came out right like they went like yeah. and but here's the other thing and fallout 76 which is <laughs> we won't talk about that but here's the other thing that makes me a little bit not anxious because I, I they i think they know the expectations here and this is a great way to segue into this first of all uh, I liked Fallout 4, but I think the general consensus is that Fallout 4 wasn't as good as Fallout 3. For whatever reason, it just didn't quite have the special sauce Fallout 3 did. And I think Bethesda's heard that feedback. I think they're fully aware of that. And listen, like Skyrim, is there's a reason that they're still releasing it 10 years later, and they wouldn't be releasing it if it wasn't selling. It's still selling, which is why they're still releasing it. So they have got to be fully aware that like the expectations... Well, for open world games. Yeah. But the thing is, is I like, when I played Fallout 4, I was like, this just feels like Fallout 3, but you put crafting in it to build houses and stuff, and this sucks. I don't want to craft things. And the thing is, is they can't do that with Elder Scrolls 6 because a lot has changed 
in the last 10 years. And this is where I wanted to segue into whether you like, and this is just one example, whether you like Witcher 3 or you don't, I personally, in a lot of ways, I feel like Witcher 3 kind of made Skyrim feel its age. And 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 I like the things that I could, like Skyrim is more open and I can go wherever I want, build my character however I want. Whereas in Witcher 3, I'm Gerald and I'm Gerald and that's it. But but the way it looks and the gameplay and the, and the fighting and stuff like that, I'm like playing Witcher 3 made me, like I was like, Skyrim is 10 years old and I can tell. And I, they, and, yeah. and Bethesda has a history of really like look at Morrowind to Oblivion to Skyrim. I understand they upgraded them, but they're all the same basic formula. Fallout three to well, Fallout like, four like, is the same basic like, formula, and there's a reason. Like Breath of the Wild is the is the game that made me be like, oh right, like because Breath of the Wild, you see a mountain, you can climb it. Right. Skyrim, it's like, oh right, I'm gonna try to awkwardly jump up this mountain exactly. for like ten minutes. And, and then I'll just go end up going around it. And more and more and more of those games are coming out. Dude, whether you like them or not, we just thought Assassin's Creed has come out and been like, look, this is another way to do open world combat and games and stuff like that. Ghost of Tsushima just did it. If you're Bethesda, people want a better Skyrim for Elder Scrolls 6. We all want that. But at the same time, your basic engine that you have been using for years and years and years it's dated like the expiry date i think may if it hasn't passed it's coming up there's a reason everyone makes fun of all the bugs in these games and all the you know and then they exist they fucking do dude i can play skyrim right now and i can't tell you how many times i got stuck in a mountain or i fell into a yeah, wall like or something are giving cyberpunk seven, uh, 2077 so much shit for being released so buggy but yeah. like skyrim was released buggy too and like at the time we we're just like haha kind of funny yeah it's it's like when Skyrim came out, Bethesda was the open world fantasy game people. Like there was like, nah, this is our house. Everybody else, like we are the golden standard. Skyrim is a great game and I like it. There's a reason we've been blowing smoke up its ass for 40 minutes, but Skyrim is not the golden standard anymore. And so no, Bethesda, no. So Bethesda has really got like, everyone took what Bethesda did with Skyrim and they made it better. And that's not to shit on Skyrim because like, you could take the original Super Mario Brothers and then other people took Super Mario Brothers and made it better. And 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 Scott, Bethesda has got to be aware of that and they can't just puke out Elder Scrolls 6 and it's Super Skyrim. They can't do that. Some people will love it. A lot of people will come down on it. The fucking gaming community has never been as vocal, as opinionated, some would argue as toxic as I would probably at times, but they've never the standards have never like the bar has never been higher for video games than it is right I now. Think we much from video game companies and yeah. they come down on them so hard yeah. that they work their employees super hard to give the to give us what they want. Agreed. I think that that's what I would say is the problem with the gaming community now. And when you take the general expectations of the gaming community in 2021, 22, 23, whenever this game comes out and combine that with the expectations on Elder Scrolls 6 just because it's the next Elder Scrolls game, like I, I I'm I'm Part of me is jealous of the people working on this because I would love to be able to see what they're able to do with their vision and what they're able to do with technology today and stuff like that. But the other part of me is like, I wouldn't want to touch that with a fucking 10-foot pole because that is a ticking time bomb if you don't live up to everybody's expectations. And they'll never live up to everybody's expectations, but 
and I've talked about this on Game Patch. You mentioned Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is going to change video games because you know what? Every every big developer, and Bethesda's one of them, is going to look at what's happening to CD Projekt Red right now because of Cyberpunk and be like, that's not going to be us. We are not going to get, we are not going to take it up the ass like CD Projekt Red is taking it right now. Yeah. Tons of games are being pushed back now. Like yeah. that big open world Harry Potter game was pushed to 2022. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and, and the, and, and like, I, 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 and it's the right call. Like, like Bethesda, I don't care if we don't get this game till 2024. Take your time and get it right. Like, you only get to release Absolutely. a game once. Bethesda, take it right. If you're listening, please take your time. May, like, do, take care of yourselves as, as much as possible. Sure. Don't rush out, don't rush out. Elder Scrolls set. No, absolutely. But at the same time, every year that you 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 wait and you let this game incubate and you cook it longer, the bar gets a little higher because two or three more games came out that did something else special. So it's like I I boy the expectations, Mark. I just I can't fathom it. Because the thing is, is it's it not must just be so hard. Oh, these games take like five, five, six, seven years to make. Yeah. And like every year, they'll be like, oh, fuck, that's what we're doing. God damn it. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's not just the glitches. Like, I think the glitches are the number one thing. Like, when people, like, if you, I think if you went to most gamers and put them on the spot, we're like, what's the biggest problem with Skyrim? Or Fallout, for that matter. Either either game built in that engine. The, the first thing that would pop up would obviously probably be the bugs, the glitches, and stuff like that. Um, which is an issue, 100%. But the other thing is, like, this engine feels old like the way the characters move the way the characters look it's it's and i understand that skyrim is a 10 year old game and we haven't seen another one since but like you you from morrowind to oblivion to skyrim they basically just polished the rock a little more and then added more to it and i absolutely i would like i don't know if i want this or not but i kind of feel like they almost need to re like they need to re they need to revamp this thing. They can't just really Elder Scrolls Six cannot just be a spit shined Skyrim. It can't be because that um, that I would engine. I say that Skyrim was like it was significantly revamped from like more because I remember like Oblivion, like the pause screen was like an open scroll. No, no, but like, where but, it was like that was a cool detail. But like you look at like Skyrim, it's like okay, no, just. White font, white font, black background. That's your pause screen. But I that's mean, your inventory screen. I mean, more along the way of like the character, how the characters move, how combat works. That kind of it feels very stiff. Everybody yes. feels stiff and rock solid. And I get that this is a PS3 game. That I can't, I can't compare a PS3 game to something that's dropping on the PS5 today. I understand. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying, if you're Bethesda and you're thinking like, well, our engine is pretty good, let's just make it bigger, write a new story, give them more powers. I don't think that's going to fly. I think games like Witcher, like Ghost of Tsushima, like Assassin's Creed have shown that like a, you can't just have a fucking a static stiff mo- like puppet anymore. It's got to feel well, and I flow. think now that especially now that Microsoft owns Bethesda, no way are they just using the same engine again. I would hope not. I would hope that they've invested that money. But like they I just looked it up on Wikipedia cuz I was curious. They announced that Elder Scrolls 6 was being worked on in 2018 at E3. So it's 2021 now. So it's been 3 years this summer since they even announced it was working, and I would like to think that they have spent and you got to remember that with the pandemic everyone's working from home that's tacking months and months and months onto game development across the board. I would like to think 
I don't want them to have gone back to like square one and, and deleted the, like, I know it's not that simple, but I want them to like, just basically throw the old engine into the trash bin and start over. But you can't just release another game on that engine. Do you remember, did you ever play the telltale story games? They did like walking uh, dead, Batman. There was a whole bunch of them. They were basically like interactive I, I, storybooks. I played one that was like, I, I, I want to say like fairy tale creatures were involved, but it was like a noir, uh, murder story. It okay. was weird. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, I've played like t- uh, some Telltale games. They were puking those games out left and right. And when they first started, everyone was like, this is awesome. And then they kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. People were like, dude, this engine kind of sucks. Like you got like th- to start, it was okay. But they're like, you're not even trying to improve this. You're just, you're just making more on the same. And that's like well, they just and, kept pumping out the same kind of game, right? And Elder Scrolls Six can't do that. You can't just paint over the Elder Scrolls Five paint, which was scraped, uh, painted over the Elder Scrolls Four paint. Like you know what I mean? Like it's got to be different. And I we're gonna go back to talk of Skyrim. I really didn't mean to go on that big a tirade about it. I just I I want Elder Scrolls Six to be awesome, and I loved I love Skyrim. Skyrim might be might be my favorite open world game of all time because I it finally clicked with me where I was like, I don't have to just say, fuck it, I don't want to explore the world, I just want to beat the game like I usually do. I had more fun just exploring the world. And I and and I and that's what I want out of Elder Scrolls 6 is give me another big open fucking rad world that I can just go explore. It's just you can't just be the same fucking big open world that I've already been exploring. You've got to do something different. I I, oh boy! Well, I, they've got to do something different than what everybody else is doing right now. Yeah, yeah, which is so hard. Yeah, it is. Everyone took your playbook and improved on it. So now you need to write a new. And I hope they do that. And you want to know the truth, Mark? If you right now, as we're recording this, is January twenty fourth, two thousand and twenty one. And who knows if we're even like like fucking dude? This podcast might not even exist by the time Elder Scrolls Six comes out. But I would just if you asked me right now to bet money. I, I think there, I, I don't know why I feel this way. Maybe it's just me trying to be a glass half full person, or maybe it's just me hoping. I think they will. I think they'll nail it. I think that they're going to, they're going to reinvent the wheel. And when they release Elder Scrolls six, everyone's going to be like, this is the new, this isn't another Elder Scrolls game. This is the new bar for open world games. And I, 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 in my heart, I, I just think they're going to do go that. that I think that Elder Scrolls six is going to be great. And probably win all the game of the game of the year, but I don't think it's going to reinvent the open world genre in the same way that Skyrim did. I just eventually somebody will, and I know we always say like no, but to me to to be able to improve on a genre is just like how we used to always say games will never look better than this, but they always find a way. And like it's easy oh, to absolutely. And I just somebody sometime somewhere is going to find a way to to rewrite the formula for an open world game and i feel like skyrim did that when it came out at least to an extent and i and i think they'll do it again um because it's not just oh yeah let's so let's let's get back to talking a little bit more skyrim it's not just about the open world and it's not just about all the different ways you can tweak your character but like there's fun stuff to do dude the first time i came across a dragon remember the first time you fight a dragon in this game it's like yeah, it's, yeah, you're like shit. I get to fight a dragon. I was like excited, but that was also like I'm about because I was like, dude. At this point, I had I had been I had been pounded by ice snakes a dozen times, and I was like, well, if I can't beat an ice snake, fuck me. But then you do finally beat it. But like, and then I I I'm at a point now where I'm like, and I think most gamers that play Skyrim hit this point where you're so strong that like fighting a dragon is easy. You're just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just gonna kill this fucking dragon. Um, but it never doesn't. It's never not fun. 
every time you find a dragon, it plays the crazy music and it just turns into this big, it always feels like a big event. And it's actually probably my second favorite thing in this game, other than just exploring new tunnels and caves and stuff, is fighting the dragons. I fucking love fighting dragons in this game. Love Dude, it. completely. They're so big and they just, they seem like such a, a big fucking deal, you know? Ugh. I love it. And then the fact that you can like absorb the shouts and get new powers and stuff like that, which I think is a, I, I, I always forget and that I have like those. The Dragonborn DLC, you can like ride them and stuff. Oh really? I didn't know that. Oh yeah. It's oh. pretty cool. I love that. I, I, this show is sponsored by better help. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day. I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad, the ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash remember the game thought that was such a cool concept that like i can inhale like i can absorb these dragons it's mega man you know like i can absorb these dragons powers and now i have some of those powers i thought that was like the, the shouts that's what they were called right shouts. yeah 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 i thought shouts were the fucking coolest thing i used them so much i i i can't remember which i think there was one that would just blow everybody back um yeah. and th- that was my favorite one but like do you have a favorite shout and you can also like improve on the shouts as well like level them up yeah. Yeah, well, because you would find those, like, stones or whatever, right? Yeah, you, you find, like, those, those like, uh, walls in those caves and stuff that have, like, dragon words written on them. Yeah. And you have to, like, it, you have to, like, spend dragon souls to unlock them, which means you have to kill, like, it gives you a reason to kill dragons. Right. now, like, the more dragons you kill, the stronger you become. Right. Plus, you could, like, turn their scales and stuff into armor and things, right? exactly yeah and that so was the, the, the scales are heavy though like that's the yeah. biggest problem with the scales is like they take up so much of your like carry weight yeah yeah i dude i have hoarded i have so like i'm like if it was real life physics like the floor in the upper level of my house would have already fallen through because there's so many <laughs> i have so much weight worth of old dead dragon bones and shit up in my in my chest in my bedroom in my house cuz i just lo- i was just i feel like a bit of a hoarder i was like i would just go out and hunt dragons and then bring them back and just throw more bones into my chest and i didn't even do anything with them i just kept throwing these bones into the chest cuz i thought it was so fun um and then there's all the other things like you could craft stuff you could learn how to like smelt iron and make leather and then build into into equipment and then you could just sell the equipment and just take more money it just 
like I t- it's like I've never I've never been a huge crafting guy in games, and that's the cool thing about this game is you can craft, but you don't have to. Yeah, agreed. And I just started doing it because I had all this gear laying around. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with all this stuff? And then you know, there's like the main village, the one you buy your first house in. I can't remember the name of the town anymore. Nibelheim is that what it is, or is that Final Fantasy? Uh, I think uh, it's Final Fantasy. Wind- is it Windhelm? Yeah, I think it is Windhelm. Yeah. But I like I would always there's like a, a store like right no, down the White Run. Sorry, White Run is the first place right. you go to. Yes. And there's like a there's like a merchant right up the road and the, like outside they have like all the equipment where you can like smelt and craft and shit like that. And so uh once every every few days I would just like I would go back to my house offload most of my equipment so that I had more carrying capacity, load up on everything I had collected, go over there and just build as much stuff as I could, partially to level up my skills so that I could make the better armor and partially so that I just had more stuff to go sell. And uh, I even liked that mechanic. Like it almost felt like a, like a fucking, like a, like a animal crossing or like a Stardew Valley or something where I would just. The one annoying thing that they did do is the merchants all had a finite amount of money. Yeah. So, like, so many times I'd be, like, at carry capacity. I'd get to a store, and I'd sell them the dragon scales. And they'll be like, great, that's all our money. And, like, but I still got so much to sell you. Yeah. So now you have to fast travel to all the other merchants and see who still has money left. There'd be times when I'd be like, you know what, fuck it, just take this shit. Yeah. Dude, you're right. Like, I felt I, oh. like a generous soul giving this pretend. Or you'd have to, like. ten shopkeeper, like, a thousand coins worth of shit. Just because I'm like, I just don't want to carry it anymore. Yes. Sometimes what I would do is like, I would run out, like they run out of money and I'd still have a hundred pounds of shit that I wanted to sell. So I would just buy like a really expensive, like scroll or ring or something that didn't carry a lot of weight, but cost me a bunch of money to give them my money and then sell them more of my heavy stuff to get my money back. And like, yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and I agree with you. I wish that like, yeah, it's. I don't mind that the that the merchants had finite money because I guess it adds like a sense of realism, but I wish they had like a good amount of finite money instead of like $3. Like if there was more. Yeah. Like in Breath of the Wild, it gets to a point where you're like, there's no way that like some random like salesman on the side of the road has like thousands and thousands of rupees to give me for all this shit. Yeah. But like, all right. Yeah, I didn't, so I don't. like a happy medium there would be nice. Yeah, I agree. Cause like I didn't hate the idea, but yeah, it was just, and that was the other thing I found. And, and, and maybe there's listeners that are like, dude, dumbass, you don't have to do it that way. But like when I was trying to up some of my abilities, like my crafting and like my, you know, like some of that stuff to make better weapons and armors and stuff like that. Um, I found it very tedious because it was like, you have to, to, to up your crafting, you have to craft. But then it was like, well, I don't have enough stuff to craft and these guys don't have any more money left for me to, you know what I mean? So it'd be like, it became this like really slow cycle. Every time I came back to town, one of my first stops was at that merchant's just to see if they had any money so that I could offload some shit. And then I would end up just buying, like I'd buy a ton of leather strips and then just go craft a whole bunch of daggers and then come back and sell all my daggers or all of my gloves and shit that I made back just to up that skill. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. It, it was, yeah, I agree with you. Like, as opposed to like leveling up your, your sword or your magic or your sneaking or one of those, the skills you use all the time, that was easy. Leveling up some of those other things that were just kind of slow and, and, and tedious at times was a little bit annoying, but like it is leveling it is. up speech is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking leveling up speech. That's right. Or I was trying to like, I got really into magic. So then I was trying to get like, isn't there stuff like uh, there's like alchemy and things like that. And 
It just, it was just, yeah. it was just slow. Like I never was going to use it. Like, Oh dude. Cause you have so many potions. That's something else we could talk about is like you. And I was, I was teaching this to Shaylee when Shaylee was starting to play Skyrim. Cause you could pick up everything and follow us the same way. I was like, I understand the urge to pick up everything. Don't pick up everything because you quickly well, realize point where it's like, I just took this old shirt out of this random closet in this dungeon yeah. that like I could sell for one coin yeah. that weighs like one pound. Yeah. It's like I didn't need that. It hits a point where you have to kind of like, like when I would pick stuff up and not just, you know, the tedious stuff like dirty shirts and plates and cups and shit like that, but like real stuff like swords and all like, cause for the longest time when I was playing this game, I hit a point where like the armor I had on and the weapons I had were like, I wasn't finding anything better. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm not going to need any more armor. This stuff is fucking, bo-. like, I'm a pimp right now. I'm a beast. Yeah, like, there are, like, really cool quests you can do where you get, like, amazing weapons and armor out of it. Yeah. And then nothing beat. Like, that cool, like, light sword thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, if, if you've ever done, like, there's, like, one really fucked up quest where you get, like, this evil and shit mace out of it that's yeah really cool that's and really strong but that hits a point where you're you really don't have to worry about upping your gear anymore so then everything else that i'm finding like all these swords all these fucking all this armor all this other shit i'm like well it, you become it gets a point where you weigh it like it's it's so it, it's gonna weigh six pounds i can carry 300 pounds and i i don't know how you played actually i'm gonna ask you that in a minute i want to know what kind of build you would run i would always rock light armor just because i wanted more i didn't want it to weigh me down with heavy stuff so i would always carry i would always wear the lightest armor i could uh so i had more carrying capacity to carry shit but then when i would find stuff i'd be like okay so this weighs seven pounds of the like 90 pounds of carrying weight i have left and i could sell it for 200 i'm like is it worth like is the weight worth the the money and it becomes like the inventory management in this game is both awesome and at the same time a little bit of a pain in the ass like it's kind of walks the line if that makes sense yeah um uh for me like i did like i played i played this game a few different ways the first time i did it it was like uh half magic half physical because i was like just exploring the world the next time i played it it was all magic Okay. And for that, I got well, you know lighter. Uh, I what, got lighter armor, like the robes and stuff. Had, yeah, because yeah. you now had three things that you had to level up consistently. Whereas when I do uh, last, like one of the last times I played, I did a combat only run. So no magic. Where I used no magic. So I didn't level up my magic at all. So I could have the heavy armor because I was leveling up my strength more often. Right. Right. And that's one thing I found is like we were we were talking about how like well I'm getting bored of playing it with like melee weapons I'm gonna switch to being an archer I'm gonna switch to using magic or whatever um, unless you want to put and if you want to that's cool but unless you want to put all that time into leveling up every single skill like I did and this was where the game really clicked with me and I was really having a good time exploring I was like eventually you kind of decide on what your your primary load up is gonna be like when I finally hit a point where I was like I don't care about using shields anymore because I want my second hand to always be a magic spell then I just stopped worrying about shields I stopped carrying shields because if you try to level up everything and you try to focus on every ability like it's going to take you fucking for you could do it. But I hit a point where I was like, I just want to be really powerful. So I just focused on magic melee weapons and light armor. And those are like my three things. Um, cause if you try to focus on everything, it's fine. I can't even fathom the idea of like, 
upping your your archery, your sneaking, your lock picking, your two headed weapons, your light armor, your heavy armor. Like, it, fuck, it would take it would take fucking years to level everything up, wouldn't it? It would take too long. Yeah. yeah. So you do eventually kind of pick a loadout. But that's the cool thing is like if you wanted to start over, you don't have to reset your file. You just load up a different set of weapons and then kind of just go back to the easy parts to get them to level up a little bit faster. That's all. Um, man, what a, like... Oh, and the potions. I fucking... Uh, I picked up every potion I could find forever. And then finally I realized that like I'm only using the same like three potions. Like refill health, refill magic, refill stamina. And those were like the exactly. only potions. It's like the other ones that are just like, ooh, you could resist fire for 30 seconds or whatever. It right. Is. It's like, all right. Yeah. And some of them seemed awesome. And I was like, oh, man, I'm bringing that with me. But then when you get into the heat of the moment and you're in a fight with someone that's using fire, you forget that you've got that potion sitting there that would. So then I just finally just, I would just stop picking them up unless they were one I really. Oh, and man, it... I'm so glad I'm not the only one. That would forget about their potions? Yeah. Yeah. And it it, just, like, uh, I felt like such a noob every time I got I'm like, oh fuck, I had that thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then finally, like I hit a point, yeah, I would carry I would carry healing magic and stamina refill potions. And then I would usually carry um a couple potions that would let me up my carrying weight for a little while in case I found something good. But like, dude, it's it's wild because you'd real like you, like just I don't know, I'm pulling a round number out, but say you had like a three hundred pound weight capacity. And I would, I would always be full. Like, I would go home, I would get rid of all the armor, all the swords, all the crap that I found, and it would always be full. And I'm like, why? And then finally, I went and looked at my potions, and it was like, there must have been 90 pounds of fucking potions <laughs> in there that I was like, I don't even want any of these. Like, I would just, like, use them up to get rid of them. them. and be like, all right, cool. I, I'm not going to be around any poison. Yeah. And a lot of the potions are like, okay, you can put this potion on your sword and now you have a poison sword. And it's like, okay, that sounds cool, but you never remember to use exactly. them. Exactly. You never use them. And that's the thing is like you hit a point where you're so like, I think some people would argue that the game, maybe you break the game if you go into it and you're so powerful that you're just steamrolling through enemies. But I, I actually kind of enjoyed that because early on in the game, I was terrified to explore because I was always worried I would walk into an area where somebody would just, again, like those ice snakes would just stick it up my ass and I would die. But then later on, I got so powerful that like I enjoyed the game more that way because I was like, I feel like I'm a god now. Like, I don't give a fuck what I run into. Like, oh, early on in the game, bears kick your ass. Now I run into a bear and I'm like, you're cute. Fuck off. Get away from me. Like, I'm not afraid of have you. you uh, have you run into the Dark Brotherhood yet? I don't think so. Because that's like that. It that quest is introduced to me in a really cool way. How so? Uh, I was like walking to like whatever my next objective is, and this dude in all black comes from behind me and tries to kill me, and I kill the dude. And then I'm looking through his stuff, and I notice he's got like a note, and the note says, "Make sure you kill this person," and it had the name of my character. Because we've already taken the payment for killing this person. I did find that. Yes, I did find that. Dude, that is fucking... That is... That's what makes Skyrim special. Is you just kill some guy and you just think, whatever, I killed this guy that was attacking me. Then you find out that he was sent to kill you and it opens up this whole new quest. That's like... Oh, yes, Mark. I remember that exact moment. That's so awesome. It's one of, like, the best, like, it's maybe my favorite quest in the game. Yeah. I'm just going to gush about the Dark Brotherhood for a second. Give her. Because, okay, spoiler alert for those who have not played it, but, like, the, the the way to really get the quest is there's, like, a little boy in Windhelm who's, like, 
his parents are dead or something and you find him and he's praying to the Black Brotherhood and you agree to go kill this woman that used to run this orphanage over in some other city, I don't remember which one, and you go and you kill them. And then the next time you go to sleep, or next time you run across a messenger, a messenger will bring you a note and it'll just be a handprint and it just says, we know. And you're like, what the fuck is this about? You have no idea. And the next time you go to sleep, you wake up and there's like the main woman from the Dark Brotherhood has like these three people tied and gagged and they're like, okay, you have to kill one of these guys and you have to figure out which one is guilty. That's so sick. God, fuck me. It's so incredible. Like, and an- then I always end up killing all three of them because... <laughs> and that was something I actually... That, like, frankly, I feel like we've undersold. That's one thing I really like about Skyrim is... Um, and one of the things that turns me off about, like, some open world games... And and frankly, as much as I, I love Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima was bad for this. Basically, every side quest you found was go kill... Like, it was a, just a way to make you go kill something. Like, go fight. Like, just go fight. Yeah. And, like, and the fighting in Ghost of Tsushima is so fun that it's worth it because I want to fight so much. But you're right. In Elder Scrolls, like, I don't, I wouldn't say it's the single, like, deepest, best written game of all time, but it is nice that, yeah, you find a lot of those quests like that where it's not a simple matter of go to the dungeon, get the sword, bring the sword back to me. Like, there was reasoning behind it and these interesting little, like, you get out what you put in as far as research and reading the storylines and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I fucking remember that. I remember that exact time when that guy comes up and you kill him. And then I read his note and it said that he was sent to kill Hoju because that was my character. And I was like, wait, what the <laughs> fuck? You're like, no one wants to kill Hoju. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, fuck yeah, buddy. I, oh, I, what a it fucking video game. so man. much depth to the world. Because, yeah. like, honestly, there's no, you never find out who sent that note. Like, because it could have been everybody. But it just adds this weight to, like, oh, right. I probably have some enemies in this world. Yeah. Or like, dude, I love when you find like a treasure map and then you have to figure out like, it's just like a rough drawing of like mountains and then a path with an X and you're like, well, what the fuck? And then you have to figure out where that treasure map or that treasure chest is. And at least early in the game, the treasure chests are worth going after. I've hit a point where like, I don't remember the last time I upgraded my equipment. Cause I just, I, I had like, I think I had all this glass armor and I was just trying to, because I had stopped playing, but my goal was to just get my crafting up enough that I could build the dragon armor. Um, but I had, I had never, I hadn't gotten it high enough, and then I, I kind of fell out of playing it. But um, yeah, it's everything is, like I didn't read all the stories, because you said you can keep finding all these books and you could read, you could basically read like a novel in this fucking game if you want to. Um, and I feel bad like, to... Most of the books are not that interesting. No. Just, like, they're just banal, like, oh, this is what I did today, and it was boring. Yeah, I feel bad that I... I almost feel like I'm disrespecting the people that put the time into writing those books to put them in the game, but I was like, I don't care about this. Like, I don't want to like, read the this. The banality of it is what adds to the world, though. It's just like, oh, yeah, some guy did this shit, to, and you believe that, like, oh, yeah, some guy just, like, did his laundry today or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Man, what a fucking... Uh, what a, I've... I could talk about this fucking game for days and I haven't played this game in probably a year, but like this conversation has made me want to go back to playing it. And I don't give a fuck. Like, I mean, sure. You can say like the glitches break the game and stuff like that. And the glitches suck. But like, I, I have put a lot of hours into this game and there was, I don't know, fucking less than 10 times where a game froze on me to the point where I was like, fucked. And the thing is, is the game saves for you fairly regularly. And you should just like, 
Anyone that's played video games for any length of time should know save regularly. And the first time you walk into an area where you're underpowered and you can't get away and you get fucked up, you learn a valuable lesson about just save, just save, just save. I saved so much just to be safe because you never know. to the point to like, I was almost cheating on some of those fights. Right. You're basically save stating. Like you're basically yes. save stating your way through the game. But you have to. Like no, it's no, just... not basically about it. I definitely saved saving <laughs> this game last time I played it. But like, so that's where like, I understand that the glitches suck, but I was already saving all the time just to make sure I didn't fuck up and walk into a bad area. So if a glitch did pop up, I rarely lost more than five or 10 minutes of work because I was saving all and the time. And I think my last playthrough, I don't remember any significant glitches. I'm sure they've gotten better with patches and stuff like that and better yeah. hardware and things. So... Uh, man, we're fucking, it's been an hour and 10 minutes of Skyrim. I, uh, I'm sure there's other stuff that we haven't talked about. I'm sure there's stuff like some people are listening right now being like, you didn't talk about this quest or this item or this area or whatever. Like I said, an hour ago, guys, we just sat down and we had an hour to eat a 20 pound steak. It's, it's, you could go for days to fucking cover, cover everything in this game. Um, before I send it to you for your closing thoughts, Mark, all I would say to people listening are if you like Skyrim, then I don't think we've said anything you don't already know. If you don't like Skyrim, if maybe you've never tried it or you've tried it and you didn't like it, the next time you're looking for something to play, it's pretty readily available on all the major consoles these days is not overly expensive. I recommend giving it another try and just go into it open-minded just play it however you want because like mark and i said and we've said it numerous times mark went through meticulously doing all the stories all the quests everything i went through like the the wandering idiot just having fun like hoarding gear and we both thoroughly enjoyed our experience fundamentally different ways to play a game and we both got so much out of it i love it like i'm proud of the fact that it's one of the most played games on my switch i feel like i've done a disservice playing it on switch but I, I, if you, if you had I never, don't think so. well, I mean, you know, cause it's just not as pretty and stuff like that. But if you came to me and yeah, said, I like, it's about like, again, it's like a 10 year old game. Yeah. So, agreed. Like, it's about as pretty as it's going to be anywhere. Agreed. If you came to me and were like, I've never played Skyrim. What platform should I play it on? My suggestion would be the switch. Because I, this is the same place I play Witcher 3, even though I know it runs better on Xbox and PlayStation. I, I just, I, to me, these giant open world games are at their best when they're handheld. I can put the system to sleep anytime I want and walk away. I can watch TV while I'm playing. I just, I thought that was the ideal way to play it. But it's available everywhere. It really just genuinely is one of the greatest video games ever made. It pretty well rewrote the script, or if not rewrote it, at least leveled up the concept of open world games and they're it's it's a big reason we have all these big open world games that we're playing now and uh the the bang for your buck you get out of this game the 20 bucks or whatever it will cost you now for the hundreds of hours of potential gameplay out of it is is phenomenal this is a is, is a really special video game um absolutely and i could i couldn't put it better than that oh, okay all right well i was gonna say what do you have to say but you're like yeah just what you said <laughs> uh, uh how the fuck did okay no, you know, 100% like again like rich story rich oh like rich world experience very immersive it is um, yeah i can't like i play this game probably like once a year and i'm already excited to play it again now yeah after talking about it for an hour like i'm already itching to go back to it immersive is the way to put it i just find myself like 
I just, it was like an escape from reality. I would fire up Skyrim and then just go wander around this ancient world that never ended. Just meeting new people and collecting new items and just working on new skills and, oh, fuck me, man. Um, So, all right. So the game is about 200 hours long. So on a scale of one to 200, uh, what would you score the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim? Uh, I'm going to give it a 190. Ooh. So that's like a 95. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, dude, I, yeah, like my, my initial thought was to say about a 180 because I feel like it can be intimidating to people, but I don't feel like you can criticize the game for being so big and open when that's precisely what it's supposed to be. And I feel like maybe I was criticizing it for that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I was kind of coming down on it for that earlier and I probably shouldn't have been because that is what it is supposed to be. So yeah. I'll talk a few points for like how it's aged and then a few points for the glitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The glitches are a bit of a thing. I would probably, yeah, I'd probably be right around that 185, 190. It's it's a magnificent video game. Like I did. Oh yeah, remember I was trying to. I was like, I don't know how many copies it sold. I wonder how many copies of this game has sold. According to the the Wikipedia page, as of November of 2016, it had sold over 30 million copies. So, so way more since then. Yeah, Skyrim. I just want to see. I'm curious, and then we'll shut this thing down. Uh, dude, I I gotta be honest, Mark. I was fucking horrified of covering this game. Um, and I'm still sure we're going to get some messages from people being like, you didn't talk about this or that, but, uh, according, yeah, now they're saying, uh, Skyrim has sold over 50 million copies now. That's unfathomable guys. This is a, is a masterpiece. I hope we did this game justice for all you diehard Skyrim fans. I hope we didn't let you down. I hope that we covered everything that you wanted covered. If it, yeah, you know, if we didn't, well, there's fucking the mods, but you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, only nerds use fucking mods. Uh, <laughs> now you can yell at me for that instead of the stuff we didn't talk about. Uh, Mark, thank you for spending almost an hour and a half of your Sunday talking uh, Skyrim with me. I really appreciate it. I would have gladly spent another hour and a half talking about Skyrim. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you for giving me a call and talking so much Skyrim with me and every single one of you listening to this episode right now. I hope you enjoyed that. I know it was a long episode. I know it was a little bit different from some previous episodes. I hope it hit the mark. I hope we did your game justice. I was terrified to come in here and talk about Skyrim, but it was just so, fuck man, there's so much meat on the bone in that game. I feel like you could launch a weekly Skyrim podcast. One probably exists somewhere. Uh, but that'll do it. I'll let you guys get on with your time, get on with your lives. Thank you so much for listening. Listen, if you enjoy what I do, consider supporting us on Patreon, please. It's $2. It helps me more than you could possibly imagine. You get extra podcasts, a shout out. You can submit comments, all those other things. This Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass will be a review of Cyber Shadow. It'll be completely spoiler-free for at least the most part, so you can listen to it without ruining the game for yourself. And a lot of you have said you're new to the show, you've just found it, and you're like, I'll sign up for the Patreon after I've worked my way through the entire backlog. Fucking awesome. The reason that backlog is not behind a paywall is because of Patreon. So, two bucks. Just please, if you can. If you can spare it, please consider throwing it my way. 
helps me more than you could possibly imagine. We have a P.O. box. You can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Consider just shooting me a postcard or a letter, something. Tell me where you're listening. I have Remember the Game postcards here. I'll shoot you one back. We'll be best friends. It's awesome. And you can check me out on Twitch. I stream Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Look for Member the Game over on twitch.tv. Not Remember. Just hit me with a follow. It's free. It'll tell you whenever I'm online. And you can find all my Let's Plays over at youtube.com slash rememberthegame if you're interested in those two. I don't plug that nearly enough. That'll do it. I'll be back on Friday for Patreons with Game Patch. Monday for non-Patreons with Game Patch. Sunday with Expansion Pass for for Patreons. And next week, episode 135, we're going to be revisiting one of my all-time favorites from the early days of the podcast. What game is it going to be? You'll have to fucking tune in next week to find out. Thanks for listening. I'm going to thank a bunch of Patreons and get out of here. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content that I do without your support. So I would like to take a quick moment to thank every person that has supported us at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And for the record, remember that I recorded this at the beginning of February. I will update it once a month now because I have over 170 names to say and it's too much for me to repeat every week and fuck it all up. So I'm hoping I get it right this time because this is the one you're going to be listening to for the next four or five episodes. So a huge thank you to... A Novel Console, Aaron Lawson, Adam Anderson, Adam Beasley, Adam O'Sharello, AJ Freeman, AJ Jones, Alex C, Alan, God damn it, Alan C, Alex Martinez, Amy Gillen, Andre, Andrew Wright, April Zane, Arpad Botos, Ashley Cronenbitter, Badar Barhumi, Ben Buya, Ben Busha, Ben Drinken, Bradley McHugh, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Brian Robbins, Brian Medeiros, Brian Ransom, Charlie Medeiros, Chris Campbell, Chris Fleury, Chris Wilson, Christopher Russell, Christopher Sumner, Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Rutt, Crash Bandiquit, Chris Knife 007, Dan T, Dana Wuchrol, Danny Vega, Dario Oman, Dave, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, Dave Ray, David Schnatterer, Derek Jane, Desert Tortoise, Duhau, Dominic S. Thompson, Doug Dorn, Dylan, M. Felf, Eric Canard, Evan Refuse, Ferdy Martinez, Frater, Fraser Burns, Freddie Bovenkirk, G9PSX, Gary C, Geek Life Radio, Grimpy, Onre SJA Flash, James Anderson, James Clark, Jared, Jason Cortez, JB Retromania, Jay Clutch, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jeffrey Mathis, Jer Bear, Jesse Clark, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, John Doskis, John Quack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh Shenfield, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keeg779988, Kelly, Kevin, Kevin Chincholo, Kevin Hufford, KMR Live, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Leon K, Les Winan, Luca, Luis Oliva, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mad Shibs, Makeshift Mallow Money, Mark Jones, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Martin Greenwood, Matt Brown, Matt McLean, Matthew Davis, Mercury869, Michael Mathis, Michael Haig, Mike Cummings, Mike Mallowaney, Miklos Blackshaw, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Morgan, MPG in Buffalo, Mr. Satan, Mr. Impressive, Mr. Nick, Wolverine Films, Nathan Tremblay, Nathan W, Nevrop, Nick Sills, Nicholas, Nicholas Martinez, No One Cares, Pat Duddy, Parzival, PB McFadden, Pi Messiah, Poops Loomis, Potato Bob Guy, Raging Demon, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Rex Sheldon, Robert Fuchsia, Robert Lippa, Rodrigo Tomazzi, 
Ryan Bayshore, Ryan Kinchin, Ryan Yeager, Scott Brooks, Scott V, Sean Clifford, Sean Razine, Sharonic, Silver Grunion, Slick Rick, Starro Probin, Stitch, Stupid Monkey, Super Mary Ho, The Anti-Spatial Podcast, The Giraffe, The Honest Pokemon Trainer, The T-Word, They Call Me Badger, Tim L, Timothy Riel, Todd O, Tom Kite, Tommy Reynolds, Tony Cherichetti, Tyler, Very Cool Dude, Vincent L, Vladstein, White Burrow, Wyman Brooks, X Water, Yamcha, Zane Donovan, and Zoo Troy, I fucked a few of those up, but that wasn't bad. I'm going to keep that for the month. Thank you guys so, so much. I appreciate you more than you could possibly imagine. You hot dogs are the best, and I'll talk to you soon. Cheers.